three further buses remain in Ireland. The European Union has agreed to impose sanctions on those responsible for the mounting violence in Ukraine. The decision came after dozens of people were killed in Kiev on the bloodiest day that Ukraine has experienced since independence more than 20 years ago. The Ukrainian authorities say 75 people have been killed and hundreds injured since the violence flared on Tuesday. A sinkhole in Hemel Hempstead that caused 17 homes to be be evacuated is to be filled in with concrete today. The hole appeared at Oak Ridge Gardens early last Saturday morning. Tony from Stevenage, who's supplying the concrete, says he's not sure how much they'll need. We don't offhand, no. We're uh, pretty much, we've got six trucks on it all day long, carrying about 10 metres each time. So we're estimating around about 300 cubic metres. Medical research groups are accusing those who oppose plans to share patient data on a giant database of peddling scaremongering myths. The campaign group Patients for Data says this could stop people benefiting from a revolution in modern medicine. The warning comes after the launch of the NHS scheme Care.Data was delayed in England by six months. And one of the architects of the national minimum wage has said it needs to be reformed. Sir George Bain has completed a review for the independent think tank, the Resolution Foundation, which calls for a more sophisticated approach to the problem of low pay. He believes many employers now regard it as the going rate, trapping millions of workers in low pay. The weather starting off breezy with sunny spells today with showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. I am in the mood for some classic bants today. Let's have some classic bants, shall we? Let me go to my uh, team of uh, hot girls working on the show. You up for some classic bants, hot girls? Yes! Yeah. Okay! It's a little bit of a sexist start to the show. Don't worry, I can turn this around. Morning, I'm back after a day off. I mean, did anyone miss me? No. You want to shave that? I've dared not look on the Facebook pages. I suspect the whole Facebook page was alive with the sound of people kissing Justin Dealey's backside. Well, he's back where he belongs, out in the freezing cold with a growler in his mouth. It's a cigarette. And I'm back in the studio, ready for some classic bands. If you want to take part in the show, I'll give you the details in a bit. Here's what we're talking about. Summed up in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 words. E6. E-buses. And he's off to look at sinkholes. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Classic Bants. Classic Bants. If you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or, come on guys, phone me up, just pick up the phone. Let's have some classic bants on the phone, 08459 455 555. I tell you what, today, I thought it would be a lot of fun. Um, people don't say this anymore. So, I, And I've been reminded by WhatsApp, the whole WhatsApp thing. WhatsApp, been sold for $19 billion. 
That's an expensive phone book they bought. I know, considering it's free, I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg knows you can get it for free and then it's a pound a year. He's paid ni- He's paid over the odds for it. Yeah, but there's a theory that he's got loads of phone what? numbers as a result. What? What? Why would he want those? What? 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 He hasn't called me yet, Mark. Call me. Um, uh, so, b- b- as a tribute to WhatsApp, can we start all phone calls this morning with, What the? Oh, no. Cla- it's classic bands, Catherine. Oh, really? It's Do too I- classic. It's vintage. It's classic Do bands. I answer the phone in that way? Then. Yes, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, Kelly, but I'm glad you brought that so to the forefront I of my the head. Phone. What's up? No, not what's up. Oh. What's up? What's up? There's no T in there. What's up? It's 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 W A Z Z Z Z Z Z U P. What's up? What's up? Do it again. What's up? Oh. One more time. Can I, I'll do this. What's up? Three Counties Radio. How can I help? Can I have that as a uh, clip? Catherine, would you like nope. to... Thank you. Come on. What the... Oh, come on. I've read books. Oh, for goodness sakes. We're going to have... Class- it's Classic, Classic Bounce Friday. Friday. Oh. Tweet it. Classic Bounce Friday. What the... And you put a load of exclamation marks after that. Get as oh, many no. exclamation marks as you can fit in a tweet. What the...
morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we're hearing that one local school has sent letters home warning pupils that e-cigarettes and shisha pens, something I've never heard of, are still classed as smoking and therefore not allowed. According to the Bucks Free Press, parents of Year 8s at Beaconsfield School have been contacted to say that while there isn't a huge problem at the school... Some children have been bringing in this stuff. Now, he's concerned that vaping can be a prelude to smoking and says he's prepared to involve the police if kids are caught either using or selling this stuff at school. Well, Catherine Boyle joins me now. Uh, What more do we know, Catherine? Well, I should say from the start that the fact it's half-term means our efforts to contact anyone at the school, and we tried the head, the teachers, the governors, they've drawn a blank. So if anyone from Beaconsfield School is listening, please do give us a shout. Or indeed, if any parents of kids that go there or grandparents, if you've heard anything about this, then do give us a call. So what we have is taken from a report in the Box Free Press, which quotes from a letter apparently sent to parents in uh, of children in Year 8, partly to reassure that this isn't really any more of a problem at Beaconsfield than anywhere else, and only 10 of these items has actually been confiscated since September, but also really to spell out that e-cigarettes and shisha pens are not allowed under the school's smoking policy and that the police will be involved <laughs> if anyone's caught using or selling I, them. I don't know what a shisha pen is. No, I thought a shisha thing was quite a elaborate pipe. and a teacher would notice if you had one in your pocket. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe these are more compact. Have you got a shisha pen hubbly bubbly pipe in your pocket, Jones? <laughs> well, I, I imagine they're slightly more discreet. Okay. okay. And the school's head, uh, John Fletcher, is quoted in the paper as saying, if it becomes clear that local shops are selling these to students who are underage, we will work with trading standards and the local police. And uh, he also said, we will continue to be vigilant and send clear messages out regarding what happens if caught. Now, well, we, we've talked about e-cigarettes on, on the show before. I'm not, They're not proper fags, are they? Well, uh, there are all kinds of... Theories about them, and right. I think that they're not all wrong and they're not all right. I've heard some interesting takes about these things, partly because the experts seem somewhat divided as to whether they're any different actually from smoking oh. tobacco. Um, and the World Health Organization states that as of July 2013, the efficacy in using e cigarettes to try to stop smoking hasn't been demonstrated scientifically. And they're recommending that consumers should be strongly advised not to use them until a national regulatory body finds them safe and effective. And they think that. Any evidence that they may um, inhibit short-term cravings is down to the action of using them, you know, having something in your hand, puffing on them, but it doesn't actually say that there's any proof it goes further than that. The British Medical Association is equally unsure that it helps if you want to stop smoking. Uh, Again, they want more tests, and they're concerned that these things are less regulated than cigarettes. Um, And the BMA has said that there is a possibility for smoking cessation benefits, but they have concerns, again, that e-cigarettes are less regulated than nicotine replacement therapy, and that there's no peer-reviewed evidence of their safety or efficacy. But but I, I was always led to believe partly because we speak to a woman who represents e-cigarettes quite a lot, who always puts forward the positive side, that they were less dangerous than cigarettes because you're not, you're not inhaling the smoke. You're getting the nicotine hit, but you're not getting the smoke and all of the, 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 you know, the thousands of chemicals that are in proper cigarettes. Do we know whether they're safe or not? Kind of depends who's making them. So no, we don't really. No. Different manufacturers can put whatever they like in. So it's a really grey area, which is where the World Health Organisation and the BMA want clarification. Uh, the US Food and Drug Administration has studied the liquid inside e-cigarettes and has found the vapour to contain trace amounts of chemicals that could be linked to cancer. And the NHS says it can't be certain that these amounts are so small that they're completely harmless, but they say that tests on animals and a small study of 40 smokers have proven reassuring. So it's still very woolly. I'm looking, I've just Googled shisha pen. And it's a, it's a pretty impressive uh, piece of, of kit, you it know. It's like a fountain pen with Doesn't a thing on the end. With a thing on the end that you, you can suck. How easy are these for kids 
to get at the moment? Well, easy, easy peasy. They can be bought online in some pubs, chemists and news agents. You walk down the um, middle of any shopping centre, you probably yeah. see stands there as well. Is there a law on the, on the age? Well, the government has announced that under-18s in England are to be banned from buying electronic cigarettes, yeah. meaning over-the-counter purchases will be easier to crack down, though. But it will always be hard to regulate online purchases. And kids are very savvy about it. E-cigarettes were originally designed to help smokers quit, but concerns are growing that young people may start using them or vaping without ever having smoked in the first place, um, leading to addiction that they wouldn't have had in the first place and potentially smoking tobacco in the future. And that's what um, this head teacher fears. He thinks this could be a prelude to proper smoking. Um, and while smoking rates have fallen to their lowest ever level at the moment, experts fear that these electronic substitutes could be encouraging teenagers to take up a habit they might have been put off from before. It always strikes me as a little... Do, do you know what? This has piqued my interest. I, w- I would... Uh, pardon me, would love to have a little um, uh, toke. Is that the word? Or no shisha... Uh, what is it? A shisha pen. Shisha pen. If you've used these shisha pens, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Also, if you're a parent or a grandparent of anyone that goes to what, what school was it? It's a Beaconsfield school. Beaconsfield school. Okay, uh, Catherine. Thank you very much. We'll see you in a little bit for the newspapers. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We've spoken about e-cigarettes before, and uh, advocates of it are um, uh, very um, very vocal in their defence of it. Can you phone up and try and sell them to me? It does annoy me when you see people in restaurants and at gigs. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, in restaurants and in, at gigs smoking uh, e-cigarettes. They've kind of got that cocky... There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, it's not a fag. Oh, you think I'm smoking a fag? It's not a fag. It's an e-cigarette. You can't stop me. It's perfectly legal. That, that annoys me. 08459 four double five five double five. And also, part of me thinks, <clears throat> smoking for young people, I don't condone it, I don't recommend it, I think it's a horrible thing to do, but young people, kids as we used to call them, are always going to try things. And the more that 40-year-old men like me say, well, you shouldn't be doing that, the more 14, 15, 16-year-olds are going to want to try. That's the natural order of life, isn't it? 08459 four double five five double five six fifteen BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane after a serious fire. And on the speed sensors, the A41 approaching Berkhamsted from Hemel Hempstead, looking slow just as you pass the Chesham Road. In Felden, Longcroft Lane is closed around Chipperfield Road because it's flooded. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.16, it's Friday. The 21st of February, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Reports of some children taking e-cigarettes into a school in Buckinghamshire. The new electric buses in Milton Keynes are having problems working in the rain. In football, MK Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. The weather mostly dry and bright, a few sharp afternoon showers, but apart from that, we'll get by. BBC Three Counties Radio.
every weekday from three. Why would anyone buy a mattress off the back of a van? Roberto Peroni. How do you keep a straight face? That is so funny. A professor from the University of Bedfordshire has followed in the footsteps of Indiana Jones. Weekdays from three. It's the family and lifestyle debate. Got an hour discussing business and finance. It's our politics panel discussing how politics affects us. Later in the show, it's all about the entertainment world. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. A candy-coloured clown. Oh no, this song scares me. That song scares the the life out of me. Does it not scare you, Catherine? What's that? Oh, I'll play you a little bit. Hang on a second. This Roy Orbison song, it makes me... um, Oh no, hang on a second. Even the computer doesn't want to play it now because it knows what it's... The power that lies within this. A candy-coloured clown, they call the Sandman. Oh no. No, it's creepy. And then wasn't it in um, Blue Velvet? The, uh, not seen Blue Velvet? No, I haven't seen it. One of those niche movies. It's uh, David Lynch. Yeah. It's uh, who's the fella with the eyes? Dennis Hopper's in it as a psychopath, obviously, and the fella with the eyes that was in Twin Peaks. They all had eyes. No, this gentleman had very specific eyes. Big eyes. Yeah. Eyes. Basically, and David Lynch, um, Dennis Hopper keeps breathing from an oxygen mask. Keeps doing that, Ooh. and the fella, the fella with the eyes, Carl McLaughlin, is he a man? Yes. Oh, yes. He's yes. he hides in a cupboard. He was the detective in Twin Peaks. Is that who you're referring that to? That is absolutely correct. Yes. With the Pinocchio hair. Yes. Do you know what song freaks me out? Go on. The one that goes a wheel within a wheel, thing within a thing, never Round ending like or beginning. A yes. Who was that? Like Dusty that. Springfield. No, no it, it was a man. Wasn't was that it? your fella's son? Um, oh, it was Rex Harrison's Henry song. Ax- Henry Higgins' song, yeah. Dusty did do one. D- did she? Yeah, that song, yeah. Oh, OK. Well, anyway, should we have something different? Yeah, let's have that one. <laughs> I tried, I couldn't find it. <laughs> the more I see you Just girls and girls With every sign I become more mad about you More lost without you And so it goes Can you imagine How much I love you The more I see you of Faye singing in this song, isn't there? Really not committing to it. Neither Chris nor the band are. Let's see if Chris picks up for the last verse. Here we go. Can you imagine? No, he doesn't, does he? 
though this was being recorded. The more I see you These guys don't care. La 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 la. La la la. It's the 60s. They probably wanted to go off and do some LSD and um, uh, sleep with Mary Quant or something. I don't know. Probably something like that. It was the 60s, Catherine. My dad met Mary Quant, but that never happened. Oh, well, there you go. That's nice. It was the 70s, though. Doesn't count. Too late. Hey, Catherine. Yeah. What the? Oh, stop it. For goodness sakes. Jeffrey. Yeah. What the? Not a lot. Oh. You sound a bit miserable, Jeffrey, which is unusual for you. You're no, normally so worried. full of life. I'm a bit worried about things in Ukraine, but, but, but as you want to talk about kiddiewinks, I'm not sure how old these kiddiewinks are going to educational establishments and doing a very. We very call them schools. We call them schools. Uh, well, schools of what? We just call them schools. We don't call them schools of anything, Geoffrey, in this country. We just call them schools. Well, where, where, where the so-called teaching profession is meant to educate them to yes. to be, I don't know, part, part exams, basically. OK, so I'm not quite sure where this is going, Geoffrey, but we're talking about children, okay. young people smoking e-cigarettes. What do you reckon? Well, I think I'm, I'm, with, I'm with your the E&D school thought of this. Is, is, that, is that young... Well, if, if they're sort of 14 to 16 years old, at 16, I think it's still legal for you to smoke tobacco and smoke e-cigarettes. They will, they will experiment prior to, to that legal age limit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's the end of the world, I really don't. But, but, but teachers wanting to establish power, continually in schools, and, and demean children will probably make them, you know, say, Oh, D, you've been caught with an e-cigarette. Attend the headmaster's office and write out 500 do you, do you think there are too many rules, Geoffrey? Too many things in place? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the point. I was saying. Uh, Laura Dern and Isabel Rossellini, by the way. What? Laura Dern and Isabel Rossellini. Fantastic. Yes. Yes, of course. In Blue Velvet. I know exactly. Yes, Blue Velvet. Yes. But what was the point you wanted to make, Geoffrey? The point I want to make, and I continue to make it, is is that politicians nowadays are so limited in their thinking, so uninspired, so... Let's cut so to the chase. Kelly Betts tells me that when you phoned up, one of the things yeah. you told her was that you don't think tampons should be sold in public. Yeah, because I think we should ban everything. Anything that offends us or upsets us. Who's a, who on earth, in their right mind, Geoffrey, is offended by tampons? In supermarkets. What, how does it offend you... Well, I mean, well, anything can offend you, can't it? That's my whole point. Because, because the political debate now runs around two words, offence and inappropriate. And I find, when I go to the supermarket and I want to buy food, I find it offensive that feminine hygiene products are on, on, on sale. How, how, how do you find it offensive, Geoffrey? How can you even begin to find that offensive? Or are you just being oh. slightly obtuse? I might just be bringing up... Thank you very much indeed. There we go. Now, they were launched in a blaze of publicity, but it seems Milton Keynes' electric buses have fallen foul of the recent heavy rainfall. The five Wolverton to Bletchley buses were taken out of action last week due to water ingress into their batteries. The batteries got wet. 
who are back in service yesterday, much to the relief of my next guest, the leader of Milton Keynes Council, Andrew Geary. Andrew? Good morning, Ian. What's going on? Right. You're absolutely right on uh, on both counts. However, let's get it straight. They weren't all... Um, they weren't all taken out of service because there was problems with all of them. There were problems with one or possibly two. Okay. Um, so, but they were all taken out of service just to check. So there were problems with two of the five, and you took the other three out of service because you were worried that they might uh, face problems as well. Mm-hmm. So five buses were taken out of action. It's not brilliant, is it, if it's a bus that can't work in the rain? Well, let, let, let's be clear. You've heard of manufacturers' recalls on cars. Just occasionally there's a little problem, that they, and they recall a certain number of cars that were made in one batch to look at. The issue here was that you've got a big battery, and it's a very big battery. It's not just like the average car battery. And you have a seal that goes around it, and a seal that goes around the battery was found to be faulty, and one of them leaked. So in order to check... Possibly two of them. None of the others were. They took them all out just to check that everything was all right. They were back in service. Basically, it was a problem that was put right inside 48 hours. What we've got here is a classic case of when you're at the edge of leading technology and you're at the cutting edge, you're going to be the one that finds the problems and tests the problems. Don't forget, we're the first place in the UK um, and only the second place in Europe to test these. So there will occasionally be teething problems that go wrong. But yes, they were taken out and put back Within two or three days, they're back up and running, and we are still incredibly proud of them, and still incredibly proud to be... Can you guarantee, Andrew, can you guarantee for all those passengers that rely on this excellent service at the forefront of uh, cutting-edge technology, this won't happen again? The service was never taken out. It was just the electric buses were taken out. They were replaced by something else. Yeah, but can you guarantee that these buses will not um, break down again because of water getting in them when it rains? No, we can guarantee that the battery seals have now been replaced and put straight. You can't give a guarantee around an electric bus any more than you can give it around any bus or any car or any other motor vehicle that's on the road because just occasionally they break down. But no other buses broke down because of the rain, did they? I have. And I know most people have. Did, did any of the other buses break down because of the rain? Because that's the issue, isn't it? You would, you would think that such a basic thing, making a bus, I don't know, vaguely waterproof, would, would, would have been part of the package. Well, I think the bus was waterproof. I don't think any of the passengers suffered. I think it was the battery... Well, no, the, Andrew, now you're, being, you're, you're arguing semantics. The, the bus wasn't waterproof because water got into the battery. I think the battery seal was found to be faulty. On one of the buses, they were all taken out to be checked. They're back in service now. They're up and running, and we're still incredibly proud of them. Are there still three buses sitting in Ireland? No idea. Because oh, I've, I've been informed that there are three buses still, still, still uh, sitting in Ireland. Well, nobody, nobody's informed me of that. We're running a route on electric buses just like we promised we were going to. There were supposed to be eight electric buses, weren't there, phased into operation. Um, five have taken to the roads. There are five electric buses currently running. Yeah. And there were supposed to be eight? Um, I believe it's due to be up to eight. OK. When, when are, the, are we going to get the other three? I've absolutely no idea. I've, I've absolutely no idea. All I know is that we launched them when we did, and they're running, and they're delivering the service that they're supposed to deliver. Tell us yeah. why this is such a big deal for Milton Keynes, Andrew. Why are they so important? Because we've got a very ambitious programme of carbon reduction, of carbon strategy, and about running environmentally friendly public transport. Um, and that's why they're such a big deal. They remain a big deal, and that we're, they remain something, as I've said, that we're incredibly proud of. Andrew, let's keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully during the next downpour they'll be, they'll be uh, continuing to run and uh, won't get pulled off the road. Thank you very much. Andrew, you. thank you for your time this morning. Andrew Geary, uh, always good to have him on, leader of Milton Keynes Council. Uh, enjoys the verbal sparring thereof.
455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. As you, as you would have heard when Geoffrey came on, we let anybody on, really. It doesn't matter what you have to say. I mean, if you want to phone on and say you're offended by tampons being sold in supermarkets, uh, then you can do, really. But uh, try, and ha- try and have a sensible point. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane because of a serious fire earlier on. And on the speed sensors, the A41 eastbound still looking quite slow between Berkhamsted and Tring. In Nebworth, the Watton Road is closed around London Road because it's flooded. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alice. Dear me, the conversations that are taking... Uh, I will do during the news. The conversations that are taking place off air here at BBC Three Counties Radio really are absolutely shocking. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I'm having an argument now with Kelly Betts, who thinks that tampons should be free. I don't think they should be free, Kelly Betts. Yes, they should. No, no, I don't, no, I don't... Yes, they should. Uh, good morning, dear listener. Morning. They shouldn't be free, but you shouldn't have to pay VAT on them. They should be free. No, 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 no. All very cheap. They, well, if, if you didn't have to pay VAT on them, they would be cheaper. So you shouldn't pay VAT on them, but they, they shouldn't be free. Hmm. Yeah, you see, I make... Oh, what, what are you doing? Where did birth you... control's free, but then it works in favour of the men, doesn't it? Oh, for good... Strange that. Oh, for goodness sakes, women's uprising. Put your bra on again, for goodness sakes. And also, while you're doing that, put the kettle on. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. A school in Buckinghamshire is reported to have warned parents the police will be called if children are caught using or selling e-cigarettes in school. The Bucks Free Press says Beaconsfield School has written to parents saying some pupils have been bringing in the e-cigarettes and shisha pens. New electric buses in Milton Keynes have been taken out of service because of heavy rainfall. Water was getting into the batteries. The European Union has agreed to impose sanctions on those responsible for the mounting violence in Ukraine. The Ukrainian authorities say 75 people have been killed since the violence flared on Tuesday. The weather, dry and breezy this morning, some showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport and in football, MK Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. With other injuries, the Dons will rely on three players in the squad who are under 18. The Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth says he's not says he's met former chairboys boss John Gorman this week for a chat. Wickham lie just two points above the League Two relegation zone. At a supporter trust meeting this week, it was suggested that a former fans' favourite would be returning to Adams Park in an advisory role, but Ainsworth has played down that speculation. There's a lot going around the club, you know, and many football clubs have a lot of rumours going around. And, and regards to the John Gorman thing, I mean, John are real good friends, close friends, and uh, you know, I met, I met John. Um, on Wednesday for a coffee but prior to that you know we've we had no contact for a while so uh, you know it's uh, it probably got a bit blown out of proportion Luton will go into tomorrow's conference game at Nuneaton with no fresh injury problems the Hatters are looking to extend their unbeaten run to 23 in the league assistant manager Terry Harris says promotion still isn't being discussed at the club but understands why the fans are getting excited they are and uh, you know quite rightly so you know when you, when you go on a sort of 22 game run um, and we're in a position that we are and you, you look at the league table but um, you know we, we, we've been in the game John, myself and Hakan have been in the game long enough now 
to know that it's it's not always rosy in the garden and, and, and you have to sort of point these things out to players and uh, set just one game at a time. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Can't believe we're, we're actually having an argument about whether um, uh, women's sanitary products, and I don't mind saying <laughs> tampons, uh, should be free or right. not. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I've even been into petrol stations and bought them with my eyes closed and a hat on. Did you say they're not for me? They're not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are funny, though, aren't they? But they, um, you, uh, we're, we're still arguing about whether they should be free or not. Yeah. Well, they should, why should they be free? Well, then, if it's a choice to have them, oh. we could choose not to use them, and no one will mind. Oh, hang on a minute, they would. You, I, I listen, sister, I'm with you part of the way. You should not pay value-added tax on them, all right? I'm taking 20 percent, 20% off the price. But you can't have them for free. Why? Well, because then you're going to put a whole... You only need them for sort of 30 years or so. I got free tickets to see Beverly Craven uh, from Tampax. Oh. oh, I wondered what the link was. Yeah, there was. There is definitely a link. <laughs> did you say... What did you do? Save tokens? Yeah, I saved tokens from Tampax to go and see Beverly Craven. Did you take anyone else or were they your boxes? I, I went with my um, mates, Steve and Darren. I don't speak to either of them now. I don't know if that's Is it connected. since Beverly Craven? No, no, we, we, we went to Wimbledon. And then we went to see Beverly Craven. I loved Beverly Craven. She was good, wasn't she? I had her she? on a single. Even though she was very... I know why you like her. Yeah. Breathing. What? You light up another cigarette and promise me you'll wait for me. Just work with this. Unbelievable.
She's very, very breathy. Very breathy. Isn't hey, it? we all need to breathe. Don't we just? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number uh, if you want to give us a call. Uh, let's have a look at the papers. What you got? Yeah, page eight of the Daily Mail, eight and nine, in fact. It appears only women got drunk at the Brit Awards. No. Oh. Or they just took pictures of the women and wow. say it's a disgraceful behaviour. Do you see any of the Brits? No. I, it's uh, not for me anymore. Corden. Corden. Yes. Corden. Did Jarvis get up and show his bum? Oh, see, that was that was when the Brits peaked, when Jarvis Cocker got up during Michael Jackson and, and showed his bum to the cameras and then got arrested. Do you know who uh, his, um, w- which um, defence lawyer went to his aid? Who? Bob Mortimer. Really? He used to be a lawyer. And so Bob Mortimer strode down to the police and said, I'm, I'm, I'm his brief. I love um, Bob Mortimer. Yeah, he's good, And Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. And Vic Reeves. Yeah. Can they be my friends? Ah. Um, I hear that what happened was Harry Styles got stuck having a cigarette outside and blamed it on going to the toilet, but then lots of rude jokes made about what he oh. might have been in the toilet. But Dear it sounds like we missed a great night. Dear, I just, I just, all that self-indulgent, self-important pomposity, really. I don't get um, watching awards where you're not involved. It's like no. watching a party you're not invited I don't I don't get Corden I'm going to say it, I don't get Corden I don't get Corden, I feel sorry for the other one He's not as bad as he used to be, is he? Well... Because he used to be a bit of a wally and by his own admission, I thought he'd soften slightly Well... The front what happened page, to Horn? Well, he, he, Horn had a little kind of, uh, I don't want to say breakdown because that's too much, but he collapsed on stage, didn't he? Oh! And I, I always back the wrong horse. Uh, Kylie and Jason, I remember having an argument in the sixth form comma room saying, yeah, Kylie's a flash in the pan, Jason Donovan is a sensitive artist, he will be here 20 years hence. Well, I, uh, wrong horse. Uh, the VHS Betamax Wars, I backed Betamax, Better wrong quality. horse. Better quality, too less expensive. films. Uh, and I, the, the Horn-Corden debate, I um, backed Horn. thought Horn was the talent. Horn is going to be the one that goes on to gr- bigger and better things. Horn, horn, horn. It was Corden. Front page of the Comet, the Stevenage edition, £4,000 bike stolen in scam. Duh. Listen to this and see if you can spot the flaw in this. Right, go on. A bike worth almost £4,000 offered for sale online has been stolen, with the thief pretending to be an interested buyer. You know what happened? A white Trek time trial bike was stolen at 4.30pm on Saturday after a man posing as a buyer visited a house in Stevenage. The man asked to test the bike. Oh. Uh, selling, gave, selling bikes number one. Don't uh, let him ride it off. He gave the victim a laptop bag, which the victim assumed had a laptop inside. He then cycled off down Lechmore Road uh, and didn't return. After a short while, the victim checked the bag, which he found contained books. Books. They're good books, though. Well, this is the thing. It doesn't specify what the books were, and I think we need to know... There might have been priceless antiques. Yeah, you're, uh, this £4,000 bike. Is it all right if I have a test ride? Just around the block. You can hold my computer. Yeah. We're imagining that's how they spoke. Yeah, sure. OK, then, fine. No problem, Governor. Tw- 20 minutes oh, later... Oh, I've been like a kipper. He's not come back. Let me have a look. Oh, no, Mum! Mum, it's books! It's books, Mum! Saying that... When you put on the spot, you do daft things. And I'm sure they're kicking themselves now. You know, because politeness, British politeness kicks in. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't need no. to check this. No, no. You would check it, would you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say... Would yeah, you bite the a... coins they handed over? Yeah. <laughs> I would... You know when they hold money up to the light? Yeah. What are they looking for? It's, it's not the, the watermark. S- well, it's... I thought that... No, I thought... Because it used to be the metal strip, didn't yeah. it? But now you can, you can forge that strip. I thought you could forge watermarks. What's the thing they do with the pen in the shop? Hasn't it got um, a, a design that can only be shown up under ultraviolet? Is that right? Or if it's been marked as nicked, we'll show up, won't it? 
Oh. That magic ink. Because part of me thinks, don't draw invisible stuff on my pen, on my, my money. And what's the deal with Scottish money? Uh, it's legal tender. Yeah, you, you, you try telling that to a cabbie or the majority of shopkeepers. Yeah. But usually there's a Scotsman behind you who will shout it over your shoulder. Hey, it's legal tender, Harry! You got you gotta take it. Leave me alone. No, leave me in peace. A cry on page 25 of the Daily Mail. 94-year-olds plead to High Court judge after social workers visit her 12 times in nine months to check up on her carers. A frail spinster of 94 has asked the High Court judge to stop her local council interfering in her life and leave her in peace at her home, which they valued. I don't know why they would need to do that. Why would they? Why would the male need to tell us how much her house is worth? Well, I don't Maybe know. it's relevant it adds, to the story. It adds colour. A two-day hearing was... It's £350,000 worth, but that doesn't really... It depends where she is, doesn't it? A two-day hearing was told that uh, social workers and police were sent to her house 12 times in nine months to investigate if her private live-in carers looked after her properly. Well... I'm a grown woman. I know I want who I want to live in my home and who I choose to stay here with me. All right, Catherine, we know that, but let's That's go what she said. Oh, that's what she said. Page three of the Express. Childhood capers we just won't give up. Uh, 50 things that... Uh, kids' things that adults still do. Yeah. Number one, popping bubble wrap. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you get the big bubble wrap. <sighs> you can roll on that. Man alive. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Totes. Um, uh, going on a swing. I don't like swings. They make me nauseous. I like them. No, make me nauseous. Uh, pulling silly faces. Well, duh. it was hard work when my boys came in uh, like on Wednesday because they were in the studio through there, obviously, and I felt uh, obliged to entertain. So I was t- t- talking about some very serious issues. I can't remember what the issues were, and I won't demean them by uh, saying them on there. But while I was doing some very serious interviews, I'm also going... But they did have their noses pressed to the window, so yes. you to ignore them. I'm, I was pulling silly faces, is what I was pulling uh, silly faces whilst uh, having a water fight. Saying jinx. No one says jinx anymore. Do you know what jinx is? Yeah, when you say the same thing at the, the same, same time. time. Jinx. Jinx. Don't you have to do a thing? No, you can't speak until I say your name. Oh. I've got to say your name. Is that, is that how you play jinx, Kelly? Is it that way around, though? Sorry? When what? two people jinx. Yeah. Why, why who decides? Sides? Jinx! Yo, this is awesome! No, no, I said it, you can't say it, you I, can't... What word did well, you, you say the same then? Decides. So I've said it. What word? No, we said decides. Decides. Jinx! No, you're jinx! jinx. You you're jinx! Speak, you you're jinx! Speak until, like, you're, you're jinx! Can't, you're jinx! You're jinx! 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 jinx. jinx. You can't speak I said until it I first. say it first! I said it first! Jinx! jinx. I said, said it first! Jinx! 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 You can't speak! You can't speak! Catherine, tell her she can't speak! Oh, oh, you, you just said my you name. Can't. No, I've got to say your full name. Uh, so, right, so hang on a second. Where, where are we now? You can't speak. I'm speaking to Catherine. And you can't speak. I'm speaking to Kelly. But I'm no, going to. you can't. But I am. What will happen? I'll just lose all respect for you. Oh, well, I don't care about that. Right, Catherine Boyle, tell her. Oh, she said your name. I know, so I can oh. say it now. Yeah. Can you two grow up? Oh, man. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane after a serious fire. On the speed sensors in Amersham, the London Road is slow going as you approach the Stanley Hill roundabout. In Cotterid, the Warren Lane is closed around Spill, um, Spring Lane sorry, because it's flooded. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much. Right, 6.45. It's uh, Friday, the 21st of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Reports of some children taking e-cigarettes into a school in Buckinghamshire. The new electric buses in Milton Keynes are having problems working in the rain. And in football, Milton Keynes Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. 08459 455 555. Here's the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, good morning. It's a chillier start to the day than we saw yesterday. We've got temperatures between 1 and 3 degrees at the moment, so I think you will need your coat today. And uh, keep it on because uh, we've got a brisk southwesterly breeze developing, but all in all, it's not a bad-looking day, and we're going to see some lovely sunshine around most places, certainly dry through the morning, and perhaps even into the afternoon as well, although the risk of seeing some showers, I think, as we head through the course of the afternoon, so watch out for those. A little bit of wet weather around. Some of the showers could be on the sharp side, but some places is staying dry of course top temperatures up to eight or even nine degrees celsius 48 in fahrenheit for this evening and overnight uh, again the showers are going to rumble on i think uh, chances of catching one through the evening at least quite high temperatures down to around three or four degrees overnight so again a bit of a chilly start to the day tomorrow but in general saturday is going to be a lovely day there'll be lots of sunshine around a bit of fair weather cloud at times it'll turn quite breezy once more into the afternoon and sunday is looking rather blustery uh, we'll probably see quite a lot of low cloud around and we could even get a few spits and spots of rain at times but I don't think it's going to be anything heavier than that and actually eastern areas of Hertfordshire um, could see a little bit more in the way of brightness and certainly on Sunday it's going to feel quite mild so if you find a shelter spot then not a bad looking day at all and quite unsettled into next week. That's the forecast Ian. Tomorrow afternoon, Three Counties Sport will take you to the heart of the action. And it's another hat-trick for Andre Gray. We'll bring you four more live and uninterrupted commentaries. Here comes Deeney, right-footed, down the middle and scores, and Watford take the lead here. Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Luton. It's Francois Oko, who's forced the loose ball in. Get all the build-up, choose your local team, and then have your say after the game with Three Counties Sport. MK Dons have got their three points. Tomorrow afternoon from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, uh, Catherine, would you like to ex- tell me that story? I'm just looking at an extraordinary looking chap on page 25. I'm sure he'd be thrilled I'm calling him extraordinary. Because I'm sure he'd be thrilled for calling him a chap. It's in the sun. <laughs> he spent a lot of money on having himself chiselled by plastic surgeons to look, at, well, he says like Ken. Um, OK, we'll you go th- with that. You think he looks more like Barbie? Well, or Pinocchio. Yes, he looks very, very odd. He's had a six-pack stuck on. Yeah. And um, and obviously, also, I think probably um, shaded in with fake tan. He looks good. I mean, he looks you can you can you can paint it. You can spray paint a six pack on, aren't you? There yeah. are kind of things you can get um, stencils. I used to have a friend, or have a friend who oh, used to nice. be a dancer at the Folie Berger. Oh yeah. And she used to have her six-pack drawn on. Oh, God. Women with six-packs, wrong. Kelly Betts, it's that time of the week when we play um, uh, a song from a promising young artist uh, and then we throw forward to um, BBC Introducing on a Saturday night that's normally hosted by Gary Floyd. But I've heard rumours on the internet that Gary Floyd has been taken off air. Yes. Well, he's on holiday. Oh, right. So I'm doing it this week. It's tomorrow, 8pm BBC introducing showing off the talent that we have here in the three counties like this young lady see, that's a nice link. Expect more of that tomorrow. This is Natasha North from Buckinghamshire and here's her track called Relapse.
Natasha North, Kelly Betts, BBC Introducing, how can people get involved and when can they hear you doing it? They can hear me doing it tomorrow, 8pm, on this very station. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, and they can listen again afterwards if they loved it yeah. that much. Yes. Which they probably will. I mean, let's be honest. OK, I'm going to... We've got the Jebs live in session. OK. A band called Jaw popping in. OK. Sixth, sixth Floor Records coming in, their oh, record label. Great. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, fade yeah. you down now. Oh, but there's more. OK, thanks very much indeed. Now, sinkholes... Are you still here, Catherine? Yeah, I love sinkholes. OK, well, you can join in with... Uh, you, you there, Just? Yes, morning, boss. You, you there, Kelly? A bit. There we go. We've got the whole, t- the whole team's live on air. Let's talk <laughs> sinkholes, shall we? The Hemel sinkhole is set to be filled in with concrete today. The 25-feet-deep crater appeared at Oak Ridge Gardens early last Saturday morning, forcing 17 families out of their homes while safety assessments took place. Well, Justin, you've uh, spoken to the residents in the area just after they've been evacuated. Should we have a little listen to that? Mm. And then we'll find out what the latest is. Absolutely. Thank you. I was shocked. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because it was so big, massive, and I could see, actually see underneath the road when we're standing on the other side until the police access to move backwards. And looking at that damage, it's, it's a miracle that nobody was killed here. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, I spoke to the guy in the f- number one who's outside, and I said he didn't even know what was happening until the police knocked, and then 
you have to force open his door for him and the family to get out. You know, last night when I came home, I noticed that my flooring in my house had started to move. Um, it felt really bouncy, and it's not been like that before. Um, and, yeah, and then I woke up to that this morning. I'm not allowed in at all. I've got nothing. At half seven, they told me to get out. Um, I asked if I could grab some stuff and how long I had, and he said, you haven't. I, would, I want you to get out now because of the gas. Um, so I woke the children up. They're still in their pyjamas. I wasn't allowed my car. I couldn't get my car out. So I- well, it sounds like a nightmare, doesn't it, really? But this isn't the end of the matter. Geotechnical experts will be probing for more holes on the estate this morning. And, Justin, you've been doing some probing of your own, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, Ian, this hole will be filled with concrete today. Decorum Borough Council, they're going to be there. Uh, with the help of leading sinkhole expert, Dr Clive Edmonds. Now, hopefully, Ian, uh, Clive's going to be joining us live on the programme after 7 o'clock from the scene. Um, As for uh, when the area's going to be safe, we we still don't know. All we know is that today, of course, will be the first steps. Uh, The residents, some have returned to their homes, but they're freezing cold because they've got no gas. Others got evacuated last weekend. They still haven't got back into their homes. One of those is Kerry Borter. I was at the scene again yesterday. Today. I spoke to her, and here's what she had to say. Now, Kerry, you got evacuated last weekend. You're yeah. still not back in your property, but no. you're back here today to, to have a look. Uh, what's been happening to you and your family since last weekend? Uh, we've been quite lucky. My sister's in South Africa at the moment, so we've been living in her property down in Ealing. So, um, but it's a small, small, much smaller property. Mm. Um, and then on Friday, we're due to move into um, hotel accommodation in near Redbourne, and then we'll. Yeah, kind of see what happens from there. So what are you being told by the relevant authorities as to, as to when you can move back into your property? Um, we're having a residence meeting on Monday um, and they'll basically update us then. So we don't really have any more information until then. So that's all you know for the time being? Yeah, until then. So yeah. they said they're refilling the hole and then three to 12 days for them to assess whether it's stable and then we'll get an answer, hopefully. And you've got three children with you. How are they coping? Yeah, thankfully it's half term. I think they're coping a lot better than, timing, yeah. Yeah, than if it was school, which is why we're obviously moving into a hotel on Friday to kind of get them settled before school starts on Monday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're staying in a two-bedroom masonette, which is a lot smaller than what we're used to. So missing their toys and missing a bit of space. And the whole experience of last weekend must have been quite terrifying for you. Yeah, it was just, it's just surreal. The whole thing is just very surreal. I mean, you just don't think that, you know, something like that can happen to you. It's just frustrating, but, you know, there's nothing we can do. We'd rather stay safe then move into property that wasn't safe and we have no gas electricity either so um, there's no chance of moving back in at the moment anyway
Now, this is a record. Unfortunately, we can't play it all. So many Malcolm McLaren stories we could tell. I interviewed Malcolm McLaren once while I was off my face on morphine. It's a true story. I have been given it for medical reasons. He was being particularly obtuse and only giving one-word answers. It was a tough 20 minutes. But I'm afraid we have to move on. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going now between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital looking heavy on the speed sensors at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane after a serious fire. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Professionally done. I didn't give you much time, so thank you. E-cigarettes, e-shisha. E-shisha? Can someone tell me exactly what the attraction in these things is, please? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, deal to settle the crisis in Ukraine. Milton Keynes electric buses not working in the rain and the Hemel sinkhole gets filled with concrete today. BBC Three Counties Radio. A deal has been reached at talks to settle the crisis in Ukraine. Negotiations have been going on through the night involving European foreign ministers and government and opposition leaders in Ukraine. Steve Rosenberg reports. In a late-night emergency session, Ukraine's parliament voted to suspend the country's anti-terrorist operation and ordered security forces back to their bases. Yesterday was the bloodiest day so far. Live rounds were fired in the capital and dozens of people, most of them anti-government protesters, were shot dead. A school in Buckinghamshire is reported to have warned parents the police will be called if children are caught using or selling e-cigarettes in school. The Bucks Free Press says Beaconsfield School has written to parents of Year 8 saying some pupils have been bringing in the e-cigarettes and shisha pens, which are flavoured non-nicotine smoking pens, although the letter stresses it isn't a big problem in the school. The new electric buses in Milton Keynes have been having problems in the rain. The buses, which charge up using a plate under the bus while out en route, were taken out of service when water got into the battery. But the leader of Milton Keynes Council, Andrew Geary, says it was only one bus that had a problem and they just had to check out the others. When you're at the edge of leading technology and you're at the cutting edge, you're going to be the one that finds the problems and tests the problems. Don't forget, we're the first place in the UK um, and only the second place in Europe to test these. So there will occasionally be teething problems that go wrong. But yes, they were taken out and put back within two or three days. Some of Britain's leading environmental and planning experts have said some of the damage from the recent floods could have been prevented if the correct water management techniques had been used. In a letter to the Daily Telegraph, they call on the Prime Minister to adopt a clear strategy for future flood prevention. Concrete is being poured into the Hemel Hempstead sinkhole today. Six families won't be able to move back into Oatridge Gardens for some time because of the hole, which is 35 feet wide and 20 feet deep. Kerry Water has been staying at her sister's house this week and is having to move into a hotel today. It's just surreal. The whole thing is just very surreal. I mean, you just don't think that, you know, something like that can happen to you. It's just frustrating, but, you know, there's nothing we can do. We'd rather stay safe than move into property that wasn't safe. 
and we have no gas electricity either, so um, there's no chance of moving back in at the moment anyway. In sport, Great Britain will make the Sochi Games the most successful Winter Olympics in their history if they can win two more medals today. Team GB already have three medals and the male curlers are guaranteed at least a silver in today's final against Canada. Short track skaters Elise Christie and John Ellie also have medal chances. The weather starting off breezy with sunny spells with showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you very much, Jay. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Oh, we thank you. But then... Lots to talk about this morning, including e-cigs, e-buses, and ease off to look at sinkholes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. If you want to take part in the show, well, you're more than welcome to. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or local and vocal, pick up the telephone and give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, thanks to uh, Bucks Free Press, we've been hearing about one local headmaster's attempts to crack down on the current trend for vaping. I hate that word, vaping. It's, where, it's, it's these electronic cigarettes, isn't it? It's when you smoke an electronic cigarette. According to the paper, parents of Year 8 pupils have had a letter home warning that the use of e-cigarettes and shisha pens, I don't know, is against the school's smoking rules and any pupil found using or selling them may be reported to the police. If you're a parent or a, a grandparent of uh, someone who goes to this school and you, you're aware of these, uh, these notes, could you give me a call? And let me know. 08459 455 555. Now, the headmaster's stance will no doubt be music to the ears of Valentine Mulholland from the National Association of Head Teachers. Uh, Valentine, the NAHT has been concerned about this for some time, hasn't it? Yes, we have. We're concerned for a number of reasons, but the key thing is that these e-cigarettes are not regulated. And increasingly, we're seeing research from the United States, which is evidence that they are, uh, they definitely got risks. And in fact, the chief medical officer in the UK has said that we don't yet know the harm that get they cause, but we know they're not risk-free. So we feel that it's an unknown risk. And we know, but we do know that nicotine is highly addictive and that it's linked to anxiety. It's like linked to blood vessel disease so health-wise they're very poor but what we're also concerned about is the fact that they normalize smoking and we feel that in schools we have a right and a duty to protect children in our schools and instill in them the right attitudes to protect them from ill health but they they are um, considered by the majority of people better than cigarettes in as much as they're not inhaling smoke and cigarettes have thousands of chemicals and kids have always smoked at school haven't they a certain element of them. Is this not a slightly better alternative? Um, it's it's uh, definitely a better alternative as far as the information we have at the moment than cigarettes. But clearly, we've you know we've seen a move towards 
denormalizing cigarettes and you know cigarettes haven't been in school for some time and haven't been in public spaces for some time and i think we we see this as a retrograde step but also there are there are still risks and i think um what we're concerned about is because these aren't regulated at the moment so the government's planning to regulate them from 2016 but because they're not regulated at the moment there's really no proper research and there's an there's an enormous amount of variety between how much nicotine individual products have got and we're very concerned about the fact that they are being increasingly targeted at young people with you know flavored um sort of fruit flavors etc and and we think it's a it's a slippery slope to actual cigarettes as well so what are young people doing valentine are, are, are they actually bringing them into the school building are they um doing it outside the school what do, do, do you know so we're seeing reports that they are bringing them into uh, definitely into playgrounds and i think and smoking them in playgrounds sorry? and smoking and them in playgrounds them unless or they have been unless we've got a, that's why we're advising naht members to take a clear stance that they should be um, banned from schools not just in in uh, pupils but also in parents because uh, in primary schools we're seeing parents bringing them into the playground where they wouldn't oh. obviously they're not able to smoke um, and i think in this particular case there's also been evidence of them being um, sold within the school and and you know i think that's the element which is also worrying the government is currently through the children and families bill that's going through parliament actually wants to ban the sale of these to under 18 so you know that really shows that although they seem to be less harmful than cigarettes there are still um there is still a risk and it's the fact that it's really not known how bad that risk is but also that it's a slippery smoke uh, slope <laughs> slippery <laughs> smoky slope no I, I agree <laughs> what about teachers valentine are they allowed to have them in the staff room no they wouldn't be so what we recommended is an outright ban right okay um, for everybody yes do you not do you not miss the old staff room days of the seventies and the eighties when when a pupil would knock on the door and it would be open with a waft of smoke and a smell of cheap coffee? <laughs> with the information on passive smoking, no, we don't oh. we don't miss it. Okay, good for you, <laughs> Valentine. Thank you very much indeed. That's Valentine Mulholland from the National Association of Head Teachers. Uh, we can talk now to Andrew Brown, who is uh, from the Mentor Foundation. Morning, Andrew. Morning. What exactly is the Mentor Foundation? We're a drug and alcohol prevention charity. And so what are your views on uh, vaping and e-cigarettes? Well, we, um, we had uh, a number of schools contacting us looking at uh, the very same issues as you've just been talking about and what should schools do, what are their powers, how, can they, how should they approach it. Um, and uh, when we started looking into it, we came to very much the same conclusions as the NAHT, uh, that uh, the fact that the, the market is unregulated, that the regulators say that they can't recommend e-cigarettes for use and that there's concerns about young people uh, accessing them in, in the first place. And, and all of the indications were that these were things that, whilst much better than smoking, as you, as you pointed out, are still things that children shouldn't be using and having access to. Isn't it the thing, though, Andrew? Uh, uh, listen, I'm a 40-year-old man. Kids aren't going to listen to me. And the fact that I'm calling them kids me- illustrates how far out of touch I am. But young people are always going to try things. They're going to try booze. They're going to try cigarettes. They're gonna, right. Some of them will yeah. even try drugs. But I think that's, you know, that is part of adolescence is, is uh, risk-taking in these, in these areas. But uh, it's our duty as, uh, as adults and as parents and as schools to try and reduce those risks and to be really clear about what is allowed and what isn't allowed. So I think, you know, making school policies which are really clear about 
what you're allowed to be have on on yourself uh, as a pupil or and as a parent and as a as a staff member is really uh, important. It's also really critical that the um, the issues are then discussed in the uh, drug and alcohol lessons that the the children get as well, so that they can uh, they can understand why the schools made those rules, what what the risks might be with this, and how they might um, uh, you know how they how they how they can. Um, uh, uh, reduce their own risks if they're if they're around these things. Is there any uh, evidence, Andrew, that uh, vaping leads to real smoking? Not not yet. Um, I think you know it's it's a reasonable concern to have that it denormalises uh, the, the the denormalisation of smoking is 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 undermined by e-cigarettes. But mm. there isn't any uh, proper evidence uh, that it 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 works in that way as yet because. You know, e-cigarettes have only been around a very short time indeed, and we don't yet really know um, how widespread the prevalence is. What it does seem, though, from the surveys that have been undertaken, both here and in the States, is that for young people, they tend to be used by people who are already smoking rather than than, um, uh, people who are trying them uh, uh, out for the first time. Andrew, thanks very much. It's certainly something to, to think about there. Andrew Brown uh, from the Mentor Foundation. Well, what do you think? If you're a parent or a grandparent, you'll probably have uh, a, a view on this. These e-cigarettes, e-shisha, what on earth? Well, they, they probably should be banned from schools, shouldn't they? They probably should be. But kids are always going to try stuff, aren't they? It's always been the way, and it always will be the way. My two boys who are in on on Wednesday, they're four and two. I'm pretty resigned to the fact, although it breaks my heart to think at some point, some point, they're going to smoke cigarettes. And they're going to drink, uh, yes, especially the eldest, he seems the sort. Uh, they're going to smoke cigarettes, and they're going to drink more than their bodies can take, and they're going to feel ill, and they're going to puke up. And do you know what? They might even try drugs at some point. Uh, and we have to accept that as parents, don't we? And you have to know what to look out for. The thing I worry about and wonder about with these e-cigarettes is you can't smell it on them, so they're not going to come home stinking of mints. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to know the warning signs. You know, my only hope was that, you know, having done things myself, I'd know what to look yeah. out for. The strong smell of links as they waft through the door. <laughs> it was, it was, for me, it was, it was links, yes. It was <laughs> links all over. But that's, that's the na- natural cycle, isn't it? Young people are always going to go against... the. the the rules and the, the norms that the adults have set, and they're going to try and ex- they're going to be always going to be the, think they're always going to think they're the first people to have discovered sex and drugs and alcohol and smoking, aren't they? You've got to hope that you. Sorry, stay- Kelly, we've been there before oh, you. Oh, I thought it was me. No, <laughs> you've got to. My mum played it brilliantly because my dad was very Victorian about things and yep. very strict, so I knew that there was a line you did not cross. My mum kind of always wanted to know what was going on, even if it was hard to hear. Yeah. So I had those two boundaries there and I'm not going to say I didn't rebel of course I did but I I always knew that I could go to my mum and that my mum had probably been there before and and that was really helpful I just don't know they're going to they're going astray into territory that I'm not familiar with I don't want them to be... T- How do we stop them becoming teenagers? I don't want a 15 and a 13-year-old boy living in my house. I think there's a potion. Is there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still looking for it, but I think there might be a potion. Hey, listen, we're all going out on a date on Sunday, not you, Kelly. Although you're invited if you want to come. Uh, I'm busy. OK. It's really the children going out on a double date, Yes, we're it? going to go and see uh, Andy from CBeebies, who's doing a, a show. Where is it? Dunstable, isn't Dunstable it? Dunstable Grove Theatre. Dunstable Grove Theatre on Sunday. We're going to go and see Andy so, from CBeebies. So, uh, Ian and your two boys and Kath and your two girls. Yeah. And our... Husbands, straight wives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not the Brady Bunch or anything. We're not, why are you laughing like a... Because I can't imagine anything worse. Sorry? 
What? That sounds awful. What? Just does. Uh, now, your young girls, they're five and two. My boys yes. are four and two. There is a very, very strong chance that during the show, the youngest will sit on my lap and get his willy out. Uh, it, it, it happens. I'm sorry. It happens. Are you OK with your girls? I'm just hoping that they don't do the same thing, to be honest. OK. They've this, got willies. This is going to be an awkward... Uh, an awkward Sunday afternoon. If you're, if you're going to go and see Andy from CBeebies on uh, Sunday and Dance, well, do come and say hello. Uh, 08459 455555. Kids smoking e-cigarettes uh, in schools. What do we do? Do we need to come down tougher? Is it going to have any effect whatsoever? And if you are a vapor, a vapist, if you go around vaping... I myself chuckle there with the word vapist. I don't know why. Uh, but if you are a vapist, why, why? What are the benefits? Why do you do it? 08459 455 555. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Quarter past seven. Here's the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow now between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. On the speed sensors, the clockwise carriageway also looking very slow at Junction 23 for the A1M. On the A5, slow going in both directions around Dunstable. And in Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane after a fire. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.16. It's uh, Friday the 21st of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Security forces have been ordered back to their bases in Ukraine in an attempt to stop the violence in the capital. A school in Buckinghamshire has written to parents warning against pupils using or selling e-cigarettes. And in football, MK Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. The weather, mostly dry and bright. A few sharp afternoon showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now it's part of the BBC Three Counties Big Tour. And we're currently in the middle of our big tour. During the big tour, we've been to Welling. I'm here at the Herb Garden in Wolverton as part of the BBC. Three Counties Radio Big Tour. Big Tour. Big Tour. Big Tour. Big Tour. The BBC Three Counties Radio Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks is coming back. This is BBC Three Counties Radio live in Leighton Buzz. We're in the library. Come and say hello. Back to where you live. I think it's a fabulous old town. It's got heart. It's got character. The Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Do we need to have a, a strict ban on these e-cigarettes in the same way that we have it on smoking? Because there is an argument, isn't there, that it normalises smoking, that it makes people think, oh, hang on a second, it, it's, um, what, what do they used to call cannabis? A gateway drug. Uh, yeah, right, OK. But there is an argument, isn't there, that, that smoking e-cigarettes is a step towards... Smoking, it's quite often when smokers start, they start off with something light, like a silk cut. Silk cut light. I can barely remember this. And then they want more and more. You know, it, it becomes ineffective, so they want more. So then they, they end up on, on the Benson and Hedges, something stronger. And I guess that same argument could be put forward for the e-cigarettes. You kind of get a little buzz, a little kick, a little hit off of it. But then you want more and more, so you move to real cigarettes. Should we ban e-cigarettes in the same way that we've banned proper smoking? 
08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give me a call on that. Now, they were launched in a blaze of glory, but it turns out Milton Keynes' electric buses might be a little bit of a damp squib. Uh, all five Wolverton to Bletchley buses uh, were taking out, taken out of action last week after water ingress caused at least one of them, possibly two of them, to fail. Well, they're back now, and the leader of Milton Keynes Council told us he's still incredibly proud of them. And this is what happens when you're at the cutting edge of technology. Well, John Miles is the Project Director for Engineers Arab. Morning, John. Good morning. John, how, can you remind us, how are these electric buses supposed to work? What makes them so special? Uh, the thing that makes them really distinctive is the wireless charging system, which we have at either end of the route. So we have two rather unusual wireless chargers, one at the north in Wolverton and one at the south in Bletchley. Uh, what went wrong? Uh, well, uh, a series of things went wrong during the very heavy rains that we've had because there was a lot of water sloshing around underneath the bus and, of course, electrical systems are a bit prone to the damp, as probably many people know. So we did have some problems with the water creeping in um, and, and as a consequence, you know, buses were variously off the road at different times and at one stage last week we were right down to one bus. I don't think we ever hit the point where there were zero buses. Um, but we have had a, a very intensive effort working on the buses uh, over the last week and we've found the root cause of the problem. So we've had five buses out uh, this last couple of days and I think everything's back to normal again. So what, what exactly was the problem? The casing of the battery, was it? No, it wasn't the battery, it was some of the control electronics and there, there was a particular box that was located in a, in a place which oh. was picking up a lot of water because the rear wheels were th- you know, th- thrashing a lot of water around with all the puddles that were standing on the road and, and, and they just, you know, they can take a lot of water but they just couldn't take that much. What oh. we've done is we slightly, we've slightly re-engineered the way that those boxes are packaged and, and waterproofed and I think that'll cause those, I think that'll take the problems away now. Okay. Andrew Geary from Milton Keynes Council did say it was the batteries. Well, of course, this, this equipment controls the batteries, so the fault that was showing up showed that one of the batteries had an error, and then for safety reasons, that particular string of batteries would be shut down. It wasn't actually the battery, it was this piece of equipment that I've just referred to. But the safety systems make sure that we don't do anything silly, of course. Have, have you checked over the, the, the buses, John? Do, do, are we sure that nothing like this will happen again? It seems, it seems a bit of a basic, doesn't it, to make it waterproof? <laughs> well, of course, it's always easy with hindsight to say we should have realised that. And it is well, no, it's, 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 it's obvious with foresight that you should, they should be made waterproof, I would have thought. <laughs> well, yes, you, you, you can say that, of course, and of course you're right. Um, but it is, it is the case when you're doing something unusual that there will be many, many things you get right, hopefully, and there'll be a few things that you don't quite get right. Uh, and in the early stages of something which is rather unusual like this, I, it's to be expected we'll have some teething problems. And, of course, we, we have lined up a, a back up fleet of buses for just such an occasion. So um, we were able to put the other buses out to cover the periods when these buses were off the road. Do we know what the future is for these buses, John? Are we going to see more? And if so, when? Well, we certainly hope so, yes. Uh, we, we would expect, I mean, this is a five-year demonstration, so it's a long haul, this, so there's some serious questions that need to be researched and, and we need to know the answers to them. Um, but we will get a lot of information in the first six to 12 months, and I think we'll get a lot of strong indicators over the first six to 12 months. We'll have a few teething problems, and I'm sure we'll have more over the next six months. By the time we get towards the second half of the first year, I hope we'll have learned almost all of the lessons that are going to recur, and we should settle down to a period then of steady development of our understanding of these things and I hope that we'll begin to see more of these buses within about 12 months and, and gradually the number of buses running around Milton Keynes and maybe some other places too will begin to build up but we probably won't see more than the first eight within 12 months I don't think but hopefully quite quickly after that.
John, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate uh, you explaining that uh, in very basic terms for, for me, because I am, uh, when it comes to things like this, I'm a little bit of a dunce. So thank you. John Miles there, Project Director for Engineers Arab. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve's in Hatfield. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Do we need to be a bit stricter with these e-cigarettes and treat them in the same way as real cigarettes and ban them from everywhere? No, we don't ban them from everywhere. I do believe that uh, they shouldn't be sold to anyone under the age of 18. Uh, the same as cigarettes. But, but kids, well, young people will always get them. Their mates will buy them or they'll get them online. So it's not really going to stop them, is it? It's not. I mean, what, what annoyed me when I was listening to that teacher earlier, you know, they're jumping up and down about these electronic cigarettes. I'd love to hear them jumping up and down more about real cigarettes. I, that's why I learned to smoke at school. I wish I'd never started this stupid habit. But I'm 55 years old now. Yeah. and it's like, But I learned that at school. That's why I learned to smoke. But it just so annoys me that you go past any school in this country at kicking out time and see how many of them are smoking cigarettes walking down the road. And they jump up and down about the electronic ones, which are obviously safer. I'm not condoning it. But what I'm saying is let's see more done about stopping kids from starting to smoke. It just really infuriates but, me. But you, well, Steve, what, 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 what can... I think, I think the problem here is that, that, that young people are smoking these e-cigarettes in the school playground and on the school premises, which is, which is slightly different. But what, what can a school do to stop you smoking? The health education didn't stop me. So I knew that smoking uh, was bad for you and it gave you cancer. I started I smoking when I was well, about 19 or 20. But it, if you're a young person, you're not going to listen to a 40, 50-year-old saying, hey, now, don't smoke, it's bad for you. No, but, I mean, make it harder for them. I mean, the stupid law we've got in this country is illegal for children to smoke cigarettes under the age of 18. But it's not illegal for them to have them. Oh. They can actually have them in there on their possession. That's not illegal. It's only illegal if they light them up. And it's like, get real! But, Steve, you can't blame the school for you no, being no, a 55-year-old no. smoker. That's, that's your responsibility, and that's your decision to keep on smoking. Of course. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. No, I, I'm actually... A, I actually smoke an electronic cigarette. And have done You're a vapist. Now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, big time. Big time. I mean, I, I absolutely swear by it. I think it's the best thing since sliced bread as a smoker. Because there's no other way to stop smoking. Ser- I mean, I was smoking. But you've not stopped you know? smoking, Steve. That's the thing. You've not stopped smoking. You're still no, smoking. No, but I wouldn't have... I mean, it, it's it's a way of reducing the risk. I mean, if you like. I mean, say, we don't know what the full risks are of these yet, if any. But um, you're you're still imbibing a, a, an addictive chemical. You've not got the smoke. You've not got the the thousands of chemicals they put in fags. But you're still taking in nicotine, which is the addictive thing, which which has an effect on your nervous system. That's what. Well, then you hit the nail on the head. That's it, that's the trouble. It's the addiction. And if it wasn't for the electronic cigarettes, I'd still be smoking real cigarettes. So to me, I've made a better choice. Yeah. But, but it's, I mean, if you've, if you've smoked yourself, you know what it's like to try and give up. Oh, it's hard work, mate. Real, it's hard work. But this, this month, I'm nine years. I'm nine years clean from smoking. Good man. And, and I, don't, I, I don't miss it at all. Every, every now and then, I might catch a whiff of one in the street or I might see a packet of Golden Virginia behind the counter at the, the petrol station. I think, ooh. But that's it. I don't crave them. I don't obsess about them. I don't, I, I don't think about them. And you could have that freedom too, Steve. Well, I can, but I mean, I had it. I'd go back for three years, never smoked a cigarette, never smoked anything for three years. And then my wife had a, she had a mental illness, she had a breakdown. Um, and I had the two kids, work, her to worry about. Yeah. And I went into a petrol station, filled up with petrol. Next thing I know, I'm driving down the road with a cigarette on. Yeah. I wasn't even, wasn't even consciously thought about it. I just got in there and bought them. And I was like, smoking again. And I think once you've been a smoker, it's so easy to drop back into it, but even by accident. 
And it was. I mean, I drove down the road. I thought, what are you doing? You're smoking a cigarette? And I thought, I'll finish it. And then you started again. One is too many. A thousand is never enough, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. The trick when I stop smoking, if you notice, there's a subtle change, uh, a subtle difference between what Steve is saying and what I'm saying. Steve's talking about giving up. I'm talking about stopping. I got it from the Alan Carr book. No, not the uh, gapped tooth comedian, the, uh, the the fellow with the easy way to stop smoking. It's stopping smoking. You're not giving up anything. In fact, you're gaining things. I'm not going to preach about giving up smoking, stopping smoking. It's, it's not here. But do we need to be stricter on these e-cigarettes? Do we need to ban them in the same way that we've banned smoking? Do we need to kind of make people who, who smoke e-cigarettes, who vape, vapists, do we need to kind of treat them with the same disdain that we treat smokers. 08459 455 555. If you are a vapist, how does it... Why? How much are you spending? What are you doing it for? Because you've not stopped smoking. You're still getting that hit of nicotine in a probably more condensed, purer form. And that's the addictive thing. 08459. Four double five five double five is the telephone number, and it, it, can you go from e-cigarettes to smoking what I like to call real fags, real fags for men tabs? Is, is that the kind of progression that you can make? You smoke the e-cigarettes and you get the flavours, the cherry flavours, the chocolate flavour, the vanilla flavour. Uh, and then you think, Do you know what? This is uh, this isn't doing what it used to do. I need to have a bit more. I need to have a little bit more. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call on that, you can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can text 81333, start your text 3CR. Andy has said BT and Openreach yesterday banned e-cigarettes in buildings, vehicles... Vehicles? Vehicles. And customers... Pre- Sorry? You crying or laughing? Oh, she's crying. Uh, buildings, vehicles and customers' premises, says Andy. So do we need to be a bit stricter? You still crying? Hmm? Are you still crying? Um, I just went to bring your coffee into your studio and for some reason I just got the giggles. Oh, it was, it was laughter. It thank, was laughter. Thank God for that. I thought it was another, uh, <sighs> another tribunal. Complaint. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call about that. Or anything else. It's the weekend, for goodness sakes. You can call in about what you want. I don't care. Right, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 23 for the A1M. Also clockwise looking very slow on the sensors at Junction 23 for the A1M. Callers are reporting that people are slowing down because of the smoke from the fire near to Potter's Bar. That's where Baker Street is closed between Dancers Hill Road and Sawyer's Lane after a fire. On the speed sensors in Royston, the Bulldog Road is a slow patch heading towards Bulldog, so that's southbound traffic. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30.
7.30. I'm Jane Killick. The parliament in Ukraine has halted its anti-terrorist operation and ordered security forces back to bases. It's in an attempt to stop the violence which authorities say has killed 75 people. A school in Buckinghamshire is reported to have warned parents the police will be called if children are caught using or selling e-cigarettes in school. The Bucks Free Press says Beaconsfield School has written to parents saying some pupils have been bringing in the e-cigarettes and shisha pens. New electric buses in Milton Keynes have been taken out of service because of heavy rainfall. Water was getting into the batteries. The weather, dry and breezy this morning, some showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport and in football, MK Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. With other injuries, the Dons will rely on three players in the squad who are under 18. Manager Carl Robinson has been trying to bring in players on loan but hasn't had any success. I've been very frustrated over the past two months with the transfer window um, and the loan market. I made a call to one or two Premier League managers yesterday and I just sort of put the word out there what I'm looking for and the type of player we're looking for. And We've seen one or two. It's whether... One might be going to a championship club that we wanted today and I can't compete financially with that. Um, It's just where I'm at, unfortunately. The Wickham Wanderers manager, Gareth Ainsworth, says he's met former chairboys boss John Gorman this week for a chat. Wickham lie just two points above the League Two relegation zone. At a supporter trust meeting this week, it was suggested that a former fans favourite would be returning to Adams Park in an advisory role, but Ainsworth has played down that speculation. There's a lot going around the club, you know, and many football clubs have a lot of rumours going around. And, and regards to the John Gorman thing, I mean, John are real good friends, close friends. And, uh, you know, I met, I met John um, on Wednesday for a coffee, but prior to that, you know, we, we had no contact for a while. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it probably got a bit blown out of proportion. Luton will go into tomorrow's conference game at Nuneaton with no fresh injury problems. The Hatters are looking to extend their unbeaten run to 23 in the league. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, let's have a little look at the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? They're all in a muddle, so let me uh, sort them out and let's have a look. The Daily Telegraph, Ukraine's bloodiest day. The pictures uh, from uh, Ukraine uh, really are uh, quite bleak, aren't they? Some of the things that were being talked about, bodies being laid out in the uh, foyer of a hotel where the journalists were staying, very, very... uh Uh, Very bleak. Um, Also in the Telegraph, the worst flood damage could have been prevented. David Cameron must lead a complete rethink of the planning system to avoid a repeat of the winter flooding crisis. A coalition of experts has warned. And why silent types get the girl. Here we go. Front page story by science correspondent Sarah Napton. It is a Hollywood cliche that the strong silent type always gets the girl. But now linguists appear to have given support to the stereotype after finding men who use verbose language, are deemed less attractive. What that means is intelligent blokes. Yeah, because Russell Brand gets none, does he? A study found that men who use shorter-than-average words and concise sentences were preferred by volunteers who listened to male speech patterns. Well, actually, saying that, uh, Justin Dealey does see a lot more action than uh, he deserves. Really, doesn't he? He's got a beautiful face. They think the preference arises because women generally use longer words and so shorter words makes a man sound more masculine. What? The exception was foreign languages, which were preferred for being exotic. I had a Spanish boyfriend once. Oh, yeah. He worked better in Spanish. You like very... When he came over here, he seemed a bit... And he started talking in sort of English 
and um, using slang, and it went. You like very uh, swarthy men, don't I you? Do. I do. Like like lat- I like a Latin lover. From swarthy land, mm-hmm. who speaks swarthy Healy. I think most people do, don't they? Most no. women do love no. a little bit of that. You like men with very hairy faces. They I- have to shave everywhere. <laughs> well, the pictures we've seen of previous boyfriends. Oh no, they, they, he was not a good example. That that man who has become a man. When I was going out with him, we were about fourteen or something, and he looked like the little cute one out of Weird Science. The French lad we're talking about. Yes, how he has grown. My boy, and how he has grown hair all over his face. The Times, more pictures uh, from Ukraine. And prepare for interest rate rise next spring, homeowners told. Here it comes. Next spring, it'll be just... Here's my prediction. It'll be just after the election. Uh, next year, interest rates will go up uh, and they'll start going up continually. And if you've got a big mortgage, you better start panicking. Let me do um, one more of these, and then we'll uh, talk to Andy. Let's go to uh, The Guardian. I mean, it's all the same story. It's pictures. I mean, oh, my goodness gracious me. Front page of The Guardian. Oh, dear. It's pictures of eight... um, uh, The bodies of eight protesters killed in clashes with police are laid on a street as activists pay their respect. That really is uh, one of the most gruesome pictures I think I've ever seen. Approach with caution. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Andy's in Stockfold. Morning, Andy. Good morning. E-cigarettes. What have you got for me? Well, I'm just I'm just wondering about these e-cigarettes. I've just spoken to your researcher. She said that there's no regulation with them at all. So, so perhaps they put ni- nicotine in them. But um, a number of years ago, my sister's friend, yeah. who was a GP, injected himself with um, um, n- nicotine uh, to, to end his life, and did. Who, um, sorry, who did this? A, a GP friend of yours? No, it's one of my sister's friends. It was some time ago. Right. He, he had enough, basically, of uh, being a GP, and he ended his life. But wow. he did it with nicotine. But I, I thought that it, it would have been um, a prescribed drug as such. But by the sound of things, it's, it's not... Well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, the, 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 what we're told about these e-cigarettes, and if, if someone's listening and I've got this horribly wrong, let me know, uh, it, is that it is just nicotine. Now, how pure that nicotine is, I don't know. I'd imagine it's, it's you know, it's certainly be the, the pure stuff that killed your, your, uh, your friend there. But uh, I, I don't quite know the fact. We, we're told that these e-cigarettes are not dangerous. Right, but if nicotine can kill somebody, then yes, it is dangerous. It just depends on how much you would use. I'm guessing it might perhaps be dilute. Do we need to come down harder on these, uh, on these, Andy, and treat them in the same way that we treat uh, the, the real cigarettes? Perhaps they should be prescribed. Andy, thank you very much indeed. I could understand that as being one of those, um, you know, NHS get-off-smoking things. Well, the reason why they're not doing it at the moment because there haven't been enough tests on them and they can't recommend them. They can't say that the risks are there, so, but they don't dare say otherwise. It's because these things are totally unregulated. I think once they bring those into line, then maybe they'll have a better idea of, what, of what's going on here. Oh, great. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on this. If you're a fan of e-cigarettes, then do let us know. Rob's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Rob. Are you a fan of these cigarettes? Uh, Rob, you're there, Rob. Sorry, Rob. Are you a fan of these cigarettes? Yes, I am. I'm, I've, I use a uh, vapour. All right, so you're Quite a vapist. Actual... Yes, I am. What, what, why do you use them? What's the benefit? Um... To be quite honest, um, I don't actually think there is any benefit. Oh. I, I originally did... Um, then why do you use them? them? Well, I tried um, giving up smoking. Um, I know uh, your stance on that. But um, it actually works out a lot cheaper, just like smoking these rather than cigarettes. 
So you're doing it just because it's cheaper? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Do you get this? Listen, as a former smoker, I kind of know um, uh, the, what the, in inverted commas, benefits are of smoking. Do you get the same kind of hit from it? Yeah, you do, yeah. It's um, the, the, main, the, the reason I failed um, trying to give up so many times wasn't the actual nicotine, it was actually the, the sensation of smoking. Right, OK. And so do you get that draw in your, your chest where you're, 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 breathe, you're, you're not breathing in smoke, are you? So you don't get that feeling of a, a hot mouth and a warm throat and the, uh, the, the smoky feeling in your lungs? Oh, yeah, you do. You do, but it's just flavoured. Oh, blimey. And, um, and, and also the other benefits is, is um, you, you don't stink. Because like, like what you were saying earlier about um, when, you, when you smell it yeah. on other people and that, oh, yeah. you don't actually realise how bad it is when you're actually smoking yourself. Rob, what do we do? What do we do though? Do we need to come harder down on on, on e-cigs and treat them in the same way we treat proper cigarettes? And you can't smoke them indoors because there is kind of an uncertainty. I've seen people smoking e-cigarettes uh, in pop concerts and uh, in restaurants, and there's kind of an uncertainty as to you know people have, have said, "Oh, could you put that out?" No, because I'm not breaking the law. Do you think we need to have tougher rules on them? I I personally believe you do. I totally agree with that. Because um, you you always see someone smoking one somewhere. Yeah. But I went I went to a football game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and before I went in there, I had someone outside saying you can't smoke that in the stands. But I didn't personally buy it, so I could smoke it in there, right. or to actually flout the rule of the no smoking. If you know what I mean. I know I know what you mean, Rob. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Another thing that annoys me, and this is a thing that I have to deal with. This is not their fault, but there is a certain air of smugness, isn't there, about vapists? There is a certain kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> you think I'm smoking, I'm not, I can actually do this, there's no law against it. I've told you about when I was doing a stand-up comedy gig, I was kind of hosting, it was awful anyway, and uh, Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones hobbled in and sat in the front, not only started talking very loudly and rudely to uh, two hot young women. It's probably because his hearing's not... Exactly. All it, all it uh, but then he started vaping as well, and that was the thing that annoyed me more than his rudeness, was his, the fact that he was, he was vaping right at the very front. And I thought, oh, Ronnie Wood, you've always been my least favourite stone. You're not technically a re- member of the Rolling Stones anyway, really, in my book. You joined, what, 1973? They've been around for at least 11 years before that. Oh, he's you the don't new count. Boy. He's the new boy. <laughs> Wood is the new boy. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it, it, I got annoyed with him. I went that. to a wine tasting afternoon. Oh. And I have a friend who's a buyer for one of the big companies, and she says she gets put off if she can smell someone's perfume while she's tasting wine. Oh, yeah. So imagine my surprise when the man next to me, sp- well, didn't spark up, turned on his uh, e-cigarette. He booted it up. Yes. Do, he, was do, ha- do. he was having a vape while drinking his wine. Oh. Look at Kelly, the way she's holding her cup. She looks like my mum or something. She's holding her cup in a real mumsy way. It's like it's I a. Feel like mumsy. It's like a cup of tomato soup. Yes, I cup feel of soup. cozy, like it's Horlicks. You've just come into the country kitchen. You sat at the table, and uh, you're listening to uh, to the kids telling stories. And you're thinking, I'm not going to be around for much longer. Oh, it's actually what I am thinking. <laughs> that's, that's Mainly it's, around here for much longer. It's what we're all hoping. It's what we're all hoping. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I've got two daily mails, which is more daily mails than anybody could reasonably hope to have. Uh, let's have a look at the Daily Mail. Uh, could, could Met Office have been more wrong? Just before floods, secret report told councils win- winter will be drier than usual, especially in the West Country. 
The Met Office the Met Office's pitiful forecasts were under fire last night after it was revealed it told councils in November to expect drier than usual conditions this winter. The Sun, uh, sorry, The Express, right? Statin's key to living longer. Ugh. Madeline, British police have names of new suspects. They've got two, two of their favourites in. Then pay, it says, see page nine, Andrew Sachs, why I think Ross and Brand are disgusting. We go to page nine. Why Faulty Star can't forgive Ross and Brand prank. Faulty Towers star Andrew Sachs says he is still suffering from the cruel and diabolical phone prank comedian Russell Brand and TV presenter Jonathan Ross played on him. How many years ago? How many years ago did it happen? Five years ago. The pair left messages on his answering machine in which Brand spoke of having sex with Sachs' granddaughter. The actor, now 83, says in an interview, what they did was... What they did was disgusting. Does he still talk like that? But why is he doing these uh, interviews? Why on earth is he doing these interviews? We go to the last paragraph. The interview was to launch Andrew Sachs' autobiography. I know nothing! Oh! Oh! Hang on a second. A thing that happened five years ago that caused the virtual shutdown of the BBC that uh, ruined two people's careers, both of whom apologised publicly... It happened five years ago. It's obviously hurt him so much that he's now using it to promote his book. He's quite happy to use something that he says was diabolical and disgusting and affected him so badly that he's now able to use it to sell a book. You kind of have to think, don't you, if it happened five years ago, what they did was was inappropriate and awful. I'm not going to defend that. Was it as bad as everybody made out? <sighs> Probably not. Probably not as bad as, as, as the Ferrari at the time suggested. It was inappropriate. Wasn't very funny. Wasn't particularly nice. But it wasn't the worst thing that anybody's ever done before. OK? It was five years ago. Andrew Sachs is still banging on about it because he has a book to sell. Yes, he has every right to be uh, aggrieved by it. He has every right to mention it in, in the book. But to kind of, you know, use that tag to sell more books seems to me a little bit disingenuous. And I I would suggest Mr Sachs kind of needs to move on a little bit, really, in the great scheme of things. It it now sounds like he's whinging. At the time, yeah, he had a right to be aggrieved. It wasn't very funny. It wasn't very nice. It wasn't very polite. And yeah, he had a right to be aggrieved. Five years later, though, Catherine, I kind of think... Move on and don't, you know, don't use it to sell your book, which is what he's doing. It's not as if people weren't punished, and I'm not saying not, nece- not necessarily just the two people who were on the end of that microphone. The actually, whole BBC. The rest of the BBC was changed as a result. The BBC was put into lockdown mode. Now, was that a good thing? Uh, do, do you know what? Some of it was a good thing. Some of it, I think, was, was people uh, getting too scared and, uh, you know, trying to look too keen and eager. Some of it, you, probably things did need to be clamped down a little bit. Uh, but the BBC has changed. Uh, what it does has changed. The way ideas are pushed forward has changed as a result of that. Jonathan Ross got the boot from the BBC as a result of that. Uh, Russell Brand reti- quit the, his job at the BBC as a result of that. And they both said sorry, as far as I remember. I know Brand did. I, I think Jonathan Ross did. I could be proved wrong there. He's had his pound of flesh, hasn't he, Andrew Sachs? He's had his pound of flesh. 
Am I being a little bit harsh? 08459 four double five five double five. Am I being a little bit harsh? Do we still need to, to, to make pariahs out of um, uh, Brand and uh, Ross as a result of this? Or should Andrew Sachs kind of... I can't think of a better way of putting it. Get over it. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed while police and the fire brigade deal with a large amount of hay that's on fire just close to the M25. That's having a knock-on effect to the M25 traffic, which is anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 26 of Waltham Abbey and 23 for the A1M. Clockwise also struggling between 22 for London Coney and 23 for the A1M. Uh, So that's people sort of slowing down because of the smoke blowing over. On the speed sensors in Roxton, the A1 southbound is queuing at the Black Cat roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. She's good, Alice, isn't she? I like Alice. She's good. We'll keep her. She's Alice, you've passed the audition. Well done. Congratulations. 7.46, it's Friday the 21st of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Security forces have been ordered back to their bases in Ukraine in an attempt to stop the violence in the capital. A school in Buckinghamshire has written to parents warning against pupils using or selling e-cigarettes. And in football, Luton will go into tomorrow's conference game at Nuneaton with no fresh injury problems. Get in there. Come on, you hoes! Is that, the, is, that what, is that what we say, Catherine? Is that the phrase? Is it Watford? It's, come on, L- you horns. It's Luton. Come on, you hatters, don't mistake those two. OK, so the hatters, the horns are Watford. Yes. The hatters are... Luton Town. Luton Town. So what would I shout to cheer Luton Town on? Come on, you hatters. Oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. That's what I'd shout, isn't it? That's what I'd shout. This is what I, no, this is what you'd shout. <laughs> Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. Good morning, good morning. It's a rather chilly start to the day, um, so watch out for that. I think you want to want to wrap up warmly, not only through the morning but into the afternoon when we do, we will see that breeze pick up as well. It's a fairly brisk southwesterly, but otherwise it's a pretty nice day actually. Lots of sunshine around it. It will stay dry uh, through the morning, if not into the afternoon, but into the afternoon we do run the risk of seeing a few showers, particularly coming into western areas of Buckinghamshire, so watch out for those. Top temperatures today up to 7 or 8 degrees, possibly 9 that's 48 in Fahrenheit it will feel slightly nicer I think in the sheltered spots um, away from that wind and uh, you know the sunshine pretty nice for much of the day. As we head through into this evening and overnight again a few showers around at times, temperatures generally down to 2 or 3 degrees again Saturday the better looking day of the weekend we'll see some sunny spells around it's going to feel quite windy again it should be dry on Saturday perhaps a few spits and spots of rain on Sunday turning very windy indeed and um, really quite mild as well top temperature which is of 11 or 12 degrees by the time we get to Sunday. But as I said, it's not going to feel that nice with the strong gusts of wind, perhaps gusting up to 40 miles an hour. That's the forecast here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company. 
and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After a last discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise, and for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. We're talking e-cigarettes. A school has uh, sent letters out warning uh, pupils and parents not to bring e-cigarettes into the school premises. Well, is it time that we cracked down? We were a little bit firmer on these e-cigarettes. We don't know if there are any risks. And even if the risks are, are, are smaller when it's compared to proper smoking, do we need to be a little bit firmer with where they're allowed to be used? Emma's in Hemel. Morning, Emma. Morning. What, what do you think about this? Um, well, I'm an HR manager and we've got a smoking policy or anti-smoking policy work for normal cigarettes, but the questions come up about people smoking e-cigarettes in the workplace. Yes. Um, so we're just kind of um, in, the, in the process of putting together an amendment to the normal smoking policy to include those. So are there people who, who will sit at their, their desks and, and start vaping? Yep, yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's really, well, for me personally, not necessarily the HR manager, but for me, it's a, it's a distraction because, you know, you're just not used to seeing smoke in the workplace. It's a bit of a concern. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to sort of put, put the position as we don't know, although it's not illegal, because from my research, it's the, the definition is that it's not actually lit. Um, it's electronic. And it's so not... Is it being a bit harsh, Emma? Because it's not actually smoke, is it? It's water vapour. And if it's just distracting to you, some could argue, well, that's that's your problem and you need to get over it. No, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, I gave my personal view then, but, yeah. um, you know, I've got feedback from many other people that, you know, should he be smoking that in the workplace? Um, and we're going to say no. The decision hasn't been made to say no. We're not going to accept some sort of shisha cigarettes or e-cigarettes on the basis that um, we don't know what the effects on other people are, what the sort of passive smoking or steaming or whatever it is and what's effects the... are on others, and it is a distraction. What's the reaction been from the vapists themselves? Um, we haven't put the policy out yet, but uh, it, it is a minority. There are a few people who do smoke them, but okay. um, you know, there, there has been enough feedback do something about it. Emma, we're going to let you go because the line's not brilliant, but thank you very much, Emma and Hemel. If you're a vapist, and I've made up a word today, you know it's a good day when you make up a word. That's a successful day for me. I've made up a word, vapists. Uh, If you're a vapist and you smoke, uh, you vape at work, how would you feel if they introduced a policy that said you can't? 08459 455 555. Sinkholes. The sinkhole that caused 17 homes to be evacuated in Hemel Hempstead is to be filled in with concrete today. The hole appeared at Oak Ridge Gardens last Saturday morning. Geotechnical probing is to start on the estate tomorrow or today to check for further potential holes. But Justin Dealey technical probing is taking place right now, isn't it, Just? Absolutely, Ian. Um, work has started this morning to fill this uh, huge hole here. Uh, the area hasn't really changed since last weekend. It's uh, still all fenced off here. A number of people evacuated. They've been living in hotels. Some people have returned to their homes, Ian, but, but sadly they haven't got any gas. So... For them, the situation's pretty dire. I've been talking to Donna Halsey, who's a local resident here, and here's what happened. Well, Donna, we're standing outside your property. Our listeners can probably hear the noise in the background. 
It's like a building site here. What's it been like living here since last weekend? Uh, hectic, noisy, crazy, cold. It's not been too bad with the workmen and stuff. You know, they're courteous, they're pleasant, they're polite, you know, but it's, it's hard, especially with kids. You know, I've got four kids, so... You've got four children? Yeah, I have, yeah. How old are your children? 16, 13, 7 and 6. You say it's cold. I presume you've got no gas, then? No, no gas at all. We've had no gas since Saturday when it was turned off, and it's not likely to be put on for another week or so. You look freezing. Yeah, I am. <laughs> how, how on earth are you coping, and how are your children coping? Um, my youngest is struggling um, badly. He's um, got behaviour problems, so he's, he's struggling with, with the fact that, you know, he can't can't do much, can't go nowhere, can't have people around, etc. But the older two, they're not, so, they're not so bothered. I think it's quite exciting. When are you likely to get your heating back? Um, about another week. So we are, at the minute I'm using electric heaters and I'm heating my hot water through the immersion tank. So that's going to be sky-high electricity, no doubt. When we're looking around the estate here, it's all cordoned off. Uh, the sinkhole itself is just a, a matter of yards away from your property. You're one of the only people still living here, aren't you? Yes, yep. That's purely because um, they, they would quite gladly pay for hotels and stuff for us to stay in. But it's food. I'd have to pay up front for three meals a day for myself and my four children. And they would then pay me back afterwards. I don't have that kind of money up front to start with. So it's a case of having to make, make do, really. And just lastly, any ideas on, on when this whole situation is going to be sorted out and everyone here can go back to normal? What are you being told? Nothing. <laughs> Pretty much nothing. Um, there's been a, there's a couple of people that are still here. A couple of families have literally only had the opportunity to grab their stuff a couple of days ago and literally leave. One of my friends has been told she can't come back to her property for at least another six months. Six months? Yes, six months. Yeah. yeah so she's, and she's got three children herself so, and her, her and her husband. So they're in a hotel at the moment and they're trying to find temporary accommodation in, a, in another house for them somewhere. Terribly upsetting time for everyone, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to still cope, be here, but, you know, other people aren't so lucky. Well, that was uh, Justin speaking to a resident. Listening to that is Dr Clive Edmonds. He's a sinkhole expert, and he joins me live from our radio car in Outridge Gardens. Morning, Clive. Good morning. Clive, how long will it take to fill this sinkhole, do you think? Well, we're about to start some investigation work, and once we start looking at the results of that, we'll have a better idea of the scale of the problem. But it's not unusual for these sorts of situations to result in perhaps several months of work. And is it a case of just pouring in concrete? Does that do the job, or is there more to it? The aim of the concrete is simply to choke and infill the the initial void that's appeared, the the so-called sinkhole, but we think this is probably actually a crown hole, a collapse over mine workings. And th- we're getting lots of accounts of these at the moment. Is this connected to the, to the floods and the bad weather we've been having? Basically, it's the amount of water uh, entering down into the ground, percolating through the soil, uh, washing away fines and re- causing breakdown. But the void at depth must have been pre-existing. Is there anything we can do to avoid them, Clive, or do we just have to keep our fingers crossed it doesn't happen to us? Well, fortunately, substances are pretty rare events, certainly of this scale. So it's, uh, there is a fingers-crossed element, but there is equal potential loss across many areas of southern and eastern England. Because we had one um, just recently in uh, Beds, Hearts and Bucks. It happened on someone's driveway and their car fell 30 feet down a sinkhole. And had to, the car had to be, well, it was left down there. They couldn't get it out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite uh, an interesting case, that one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Clive, thank you very much indeed. Uh, is, uh, Justin, can I have a quick word with you, Justin, yeah, if you're you can, still yeah. there? What's the general atmosphere like there? I guess people, the, the novelty must have worn off and people must be, um, well, pretty peeved. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, speaking of parents here, I suppose um, in, in terms of the timing of it, half term has probably helped them to a, to a certain degree, but people just want to be back into their homes. And, of course, not knowing this hole's going to be filled in today, that's fine. Um, there's a residence meeting on Monday, but of course people don't know when they can move back to their homes. Mm. We've heard reports from some residents of up to six months. Uh, we have got another expert to come before nine, but but the general feeling is people just want answers now. It's been going on for a week or so. The novelty has definitely worn off for, for pretty much everyone here. However exciting it may be for their children, uh, with all the, the television cameras, they just want answers. When can they get back into their homes? And also, if, if it happened in... I'm thinking if it happened in my street, if it happened in your street, you would be pretty worried it would happen again. And I wonder if it would have an effect on house prices as well. Well, you certainly think so, because, you know, if this has happened, this has been not just a, a big local story, of course, but a, but a big national story. If I was looking at properties in this area, I certainly, personally, uh, would be thinking twice about this, because the area right now is it was full of people trying to trying to put this hole back. There, there, there's people absolutely everywhere, and it's a scene, again, really, of, of chaos this morning. Justin, thank you very much. You you, you do wonder, maybe we need to speak to uh, an estate agent about this. How it would affect... Kath, can we get an estate agent on to find out how this would affect prices? Yes. you can imagine, it, it must have a big... Come and look at this house. It's uh, in Oak Ridge Garden. Oak Ridge Gardens, was that the place that had a sinkhole? Yes, it was. I think I'll pass. But won't it have an impact on the rest of Hemel too? Hemel I... Hempstead, that's the place with the sinkholes, isn't it? Possibly. Let's see if we can get an estate agent on and, uh, and, and find out more. 08459 oh, 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed while the police and fire brigade deal with a large amount of hay that's on fire close to the M25. And it's really having an effect on the M25. Anti-clockwise, very slow between 26 for Waltham Abbey and 23 for the A1M. Clockwise, also really slow between Junction 22 for London Coney and 23 for the A1M as people slow because of the smoke. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. On the subject of uh, Andrew Sachs, Ron has texted in. Mr Sachs is correct. The morons shouldn't be allowed near broadcasting ever again. I can't believe anyone would want to listen to Brand or Ross. Oh, dear. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Buckinghamshire School warns of pupils bringing in e-cigarettes. A deal to end violence in Ukraine. And the Hemel sinkhole gets filled with concrete today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Parents are being told the police will be brought in if children are caught using or selling e-cigarettes in one school in Buckinghamshire. A report in the Bucks Free Press says a letter sent by Beaconsfield School insists it's not a big problem, but some pupils have been bringing in e-cigarettes and shisha pens. Valentine Mulholland of the National Union of Head Teachers says it's not just Beaconsfield. So we're seeing reports that they are bringing them into playgrounds. And I think in this particular case, there's also been evidence of them being sold within the school. And, and, you know, I think that's the element which is also worrying. 
The president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, has announced a deal that has been reached at talks to settle the crisis in the country. Negotiations have been going on through the night involving European foreign ministers and government and opposition leaders in Ukraine. Yesterday, dozens of people were killed and hundreds injured in the worst violence in the country since gaining independence more than 20 years ago. The much-trumpeted new electric buses in Milton Keynes have turned out to have problems in the rain. A box of electronics on the buses, which charges up wirelessly at the end of the route, couldn't take the amount of water being thrown up by the wheels in heavy rain. The buses had to be taken out of service for a while, but the project director for Engineers Arup isn't rattled. It is the case when you're doing something unusual that there will be many many things you get right, hopefully, and there'll be a few things that you don't quite get right. Uh, And in the early stages of something which is rather unusual like this, it's to be expected we'll have some teething problems. And of course, we we have lined up a, a backup fleet of buses for just such an occasion. Environmental and planning experts say some of the damage from the recent floods could have been prevented if water management had been better. In an open letter, they urged the Prime Minister to adopt a clear strategy for future flood prevention. Concrete is being poured into the sinkhole in Hemel Hempstead today. It's hoped it will stabilise the ground where the 35 feet wide and 20 feet deep hole opened up on Saturday. Donna Halsey has moved back into her house even though there's no gas to heat the property. They would quite gladly pay for hotels and stuff for us to stay in, but it's food. I'd have to pay up front for three meals a day for myself and my four children, and they would then pay me back afterwards. I don't have that kind of money up front to start with, so it's a case of having to make make do, really. In sport, Great Britain will make the Sochi Games the most successful Winter Olympics in their history if they can win two more medals today. Team GB already have three medals and the male curlers are guaranteed at least a silver in today's final against Canada. Short track skaters Elise Christie and John Ely also have medal chances. The weather starting off breezy with sunny spells, showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. I've just realised how we make the Winter Olympics even better. Uh, Even better. Better. Apart from curling, it's been dead boring, hasn't it? What they need to do is proper sports, but on ice. Imagine tennis... On ice. Imagine tennis on ice. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, yeah. Football on ice. ice. With ice skates. You got it, baby. Hockey on ice. That's ice hockey. That exists. The um, 100-metre hurdles on ice. The 100-metre what? Hurdles. It'll be like a less wet total wipeout. What other sports they do in the Olympics? on ice. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, get on the phone to Sochi. I'm not going to repeat what you just said, Catherine. I'm glad that was said off air. It was a very poor attempt at what she would like to call a joke. Lots coming up on the last hour of the show this morning. Uh, uh, Let me sum it up in a very quick, easy way. E-cigs, e-buses and ease off to look at sinkholes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> 08459 four double five five double five is the, uh, the the telephone number. A, a couple of things. Let me just play catch up a bit. We were talking about um, Andrew Sachs is banging on about Russell Brand and uh, Jonathan Ross again. Five years after it happened. And he's banging on about it because he's got a book out. So he says it was disgusting diabolical. He can't forgive Ross and Brand, yet 
when there's money to be made out of it, he's happy to come out and start talking about it. This uh, was in the Express. And um, uh, Linda has uh, texted in, Ian, the Daily Mail are not big fans of Brandon Ross. Well, it was, it was in the Express, but yes, neither are they. So it's possible they've used a small part of an interview with Mr Sachs for their own ends, i.e. to have a go at two lefty lovey types, Linda and Shefford. Is it a bit harsh of me to suggest Andrew Sachs get over it? Because I think, I think he's embarrassing himself now by banging on about it five years later. Lots of things changed as a result of that. Some for the best, not all of them. And it just sounds like Andrew Sachs is whining now and having a whinge. Does he need to get over it or am I being a little bit harsh? 08459 455 555. And we're talking about the, uh, the electric buses in Milton Keynes. We had an email from Darren, who's a resident of Shenley Lodge, he, he says proudly. Not sure what the spokesman from MK was going on about, talking about electric buses this morning. I wrote to them on the 8th of February, asking where they had all disappeared to, having not seen any since early February. Only two days ago did another pass my house again, so I guess they were actually off-road for nearly three weeks. Also, according to MK's own website, there should be an all-electric fleet covering the seven route from February. So far, we still have more diesel buses passing than electric, about four to one, if not more. How about Arriva and MK actually tell the truth for once? Darren, thank you very much for that. 08459 455 555. Now, we're hearing that one local school has sent letters home warning pupils that e-cigarettes and shisha pens, shisha pens, are still classed as smoking and therefore not allowed. According to uh, the Bucks Free Press, excellent reporting by the Bucks Free Press, by the way, well done you. Parents of Year 8 at Beaconsfield School have been contacted to say that while there isn't a huge problem at the school, some children have been bringing in this stuff. And the headmaster is concerned that vaping can be a prelude to smoking and says he's prepared to involve the police if kids are caught either using or selling this stuff in school. Well, if you uh, use, if you vape, if you're a vapist, if you go vaping, what do you think? Do we need to be a little bit stricter with vaping? As strict as we are with cigarettes? There is this uncertainty, isn't there? Can, can, I, smoke in a re- can I vape in a restaurant? Can I vape in a pub? Can I vape in the workplace? Where, where can I vape and where can't I vape? Is vaping ever acceptable? How many times can I say the word vape? Lots. Vape. 08459 455 555. Let's get your views on that. I'm joined now by Hazel Cheeseman, who is the project advisor at Ash Action on Smoking and Health. Morning, Hazel. Good morning. Hazel, what, what's your, your view on, on vaping and vapists? It, it, surely it's better than, uh, in inverted commas, real cigarettes, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, we've got good evidence that um, these kinds of products are helping smokers to move away from smoking and that's really good news it's good news for the smokers and it's good news for their children because these products are less harmful uh, than smoking much less harmful and um, but the important thing to remember is that if they can be a gateway out of smoking we really don't want them to be a gateway into smoking for young people and that's what we've got to guard against and do we know if there is a, a, a link between um starting off vaping and then moving on to smoking uh, real tabs um, it, it's a theory at the moment. We really don't have any evidence that would suggest that's the case. Uh, at the moment, uh, not that many young people are using these products, uh, and the ones that are tend to already be smokers. In fact, the vast majority of young people who have even tried electronic cigarettes are already smokers. Uh-huh. We don't have good evidence to say that it's the gateway in, but we'd certainly 
would want to guard against that because you know we want to help adult smokers to quit but we really don't want to get young people hooked is is vaping really the way to stop smoking because you're still feeding the nicotine addiction aren't you which is 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 the addictive part yes you're taking out lots of the smoke and and, you know the all the awful chemicals they put in there but you're still feeding the addiction aren't you well, I think the really important thing to remember is that um, e-cigarettes are kind of cigarettes only in name. They really don't contain any of the harmful components which a cigarette does. You don't smoke them. The, the carcinogens that you get from smoking are in the smoke. They're not in the nicotine. So, uh, you know, nicotine is an addictive substance and, you know, we should take that seriously. But also nicotine is often part of the solution for smokers when they're quitting smoking. You know, we've long used nicotine replacement therapy to help people move away from smoking. And if you're highly addicted, then, you know, switching your habit to something which, to a product which is less addictive than, than cigarettes because of the chemical structure of these products um, and doesn't contain the harmful components is very positive and it's positive for you and it's also positive for your family and people around you because you're not exposing them to those um, secondhand um, to secondhand smoke to secondhand harm. I, I, I haven't smoked for nine years this month and uh, when I stopped smoking I stopped smoking I didn't I didn't go for any of the nicotine patches or any of the things like that because part of me thought I'm still putting money in the pockets of the wrong people and with these e-cigarettes you know the, the, it's still we're still giving over lots and lots of money to what are essentially cigarette companies but in a different form aren't we well, that's an interesting point. I mean, I think there, there are many people who want to give up their addiction. Just want stop, to, Hazel. Stop. They should just stop. <laughs> but, you know, it's really very hard for, for people. If you've smoked for a long time, there are lots of people, you know, m- many people try to quit lots of times and find it very hard. I don't know how many times you tried to quit. Oh, it took a long time, yeah. Yeah, it took a while, um, me yeah. too. Um, and, you know, it's not very easy for many people. And you think how many people smoke for a lifetime and then die from that habit. How much better to switch to a product which isn't going to have the same health consequences consequences so how did, were you a smoker hazel i was yes how a long did, time ago how, when did you stop and how did you stop um i stopped when i started working for ash some time ago wow was that one of the prerequisites you went in and it they wasn't said, at all it wasn't a prerequisite it was a, a happy coincidence well hazel listen well well done you thank you very much indeed and uh, it, of course it's hard stopping smoking terribly difficult i don't buy into this um hazel cheeseman there from ash i don't buy into this uh using alternatives though the patch all the patches did i used to wear the patches at night time and they gave me mental dreams it was like night nurse really just insane i had a night nurse dream the other night oh my goodness gracious me awful anyway uh, i don't buy into this kind of replacement therapy if you're going to stop Stop! I think the secret, having been close to people who've stopped in the past, is oh. to not think of it as giving up. Oh, There's oh. nothing to give up and everything to gain. You're, exactly. you're going to stop doing something that you don't want to do anymore. You're, you are stopping doing it. 08459 455 555. Can I make a plea, please? Plea, please. I'm trying to get hold of estate agents, and while they'll all say to me on the phone that, of course, sinkholes would have a, a, a reflection in, in the number of people interested in buying houses and, yeah. and house prices, none of them want to come on They're air. scared to come on the air. So if what? you are that estate agent how would you counteract it how uh, yeah if you're an estate agent what would you do what uh, um the flowery language would you use to make the fact there have been a sinkhole a selling point as opposed to a non-selling point or do you think that this is something that'll pass you know once people stop thinking about sinkholes you know once a couple of months time it won't be a problem anymore okay oh eight four five nine four double five five double five it's very rarely i say this but estate agents call me now call me now uh, on the subject of uh, e-cigarettes, and, and do we perhaps need to be a little bit stricter 
with them in the same way that we are with cigarettes. Do you really want to see people vaping? As it's, I hate that word. I hate that word. Do you really want to see people vaping in restaurants and in pubs and uh, uh, things like that? 08459 four double five five double five. Gail's in Toddington. Gail, do we need to be stricter with vapists? Um, I think we do have to be a little bit strict with vapists, but as I'm one myself, I'm a little bit biased. Oh, are you? Why, you, why, why do you vape? Um, I started doing it two years ago. Um, I'd smoked for 30 years and my friend um, started on one and then I started on one and I have not looked back since. Not had a a proper cigarette. Um, I have my e-cig and I lowered and lowered the dose so you can actually vape with just a flavour and no nicotine and it weans you off the nicotine. And I work my workplace. We all smoked at the beginning and none of us smoke that uh, smoke real cigarettes now we're all on the e-cigs and do you smoke them in work yes ah i do my boss doesn't have a problem with us right we we're not constantly puffing on them but we do have a little puff every now and again and um it's quite a happy nice place we we're all on them there's, there's none of this standing outside anymore you know where they all used well, to congregate do you know what that's actually a good point i suppose that the bosses might actually prefer this because you're not nipping out every uh, couple of exactly. hours to have a fag outside exactly. you're being more productive yes and we're we're happy <laughs> you know which is a which is a bonus and um i've not um smoked cigarettes for two years uh january just gone my other colleague is just past the two years and we've got two others that um are happily vaporing away you know because they obviously went on it after they saw how we um started but i've tried i tried everything i tried hypnosis patches chewing gum lozenges and everything and always ended up going back on the cigarette, the dreaded cigarette, and I'm so happy now that I, I you know, I, I don't think I could physically smoke a proper cigarette anymore. Gail, thank you very much indeed. Well, it's worked for her. And I suppose there is something in that. If you're a boss, let's, let's talk to the bosses now. Let's, let's get to the top of this uh, chain, shall we? If you're a boss, do you encourage or al- at least allow vaping in your office? We've had one company get in touch and say, well, actually, we're going we're gonna to stop it. But I suppose... You get more productivity out of your workers, don't you? Because they're not nipping off for a, to spark up every hour or so. 08459 555, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow this morning from before Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey up to 23 for the A1M. Also clockwise very slow between 22 for London Coney and 23 for the A1M. That's because um, in Potter's Bar their Baker Street is closed because a large amount of hay is on fire just close to the M25 and it's blowing smoke across the carriageway. On the speed centres in Watford, Exchange Road looking heavy around Upton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 8.16, Friday the 21st of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines in BBC Three Counties Radio. A school in Buckinghamshire has written to parents warning against pupils using or selling e-cigarettes. 
Security forces have been ordered back to their bases in Ukraine in an attempt to stop the violence in the capital. In football, because of injuries, the MK Dons will rely on three players who are under 18 for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. Oh, that's nice. The weather, mostly dry and bright, a few sharp afternoon showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Saturday from midday, it's all about the food. It's like a disco on your tongue there. It's fantastic. <laughs> Local chefs showcasing simple, straightforward dishes you can try at home. Well, it's a dish which has been around since the 18th century. I can imagine it hot with ice cream and almost put in an ice cream. That'd be nice. This is a thick, heavy, lovely, cloying, comfort food of a dessert. All mixed in with amazing stories and great music. I'll tell you what, that takes me back to my childhood, that pudding. Mm. That just transported me back to being a kid. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen, Saturdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, you a do man, I'm a noy man. And I think that's the difference between us. I think there's, yes. It really is. Where are your children today? <laughs> they're, um, well, I'm, I'm training them uh, in the, the basics of consumer law, and they, they're just trying to get their head around statutory rights. And once they've got that, <laughs> once they've got that, I'm afraid it's been nice working I with see. you, but time for some younger blood right. to come in. I see. They're gonna, they're, the two of them are going to double head my show, are they? I think they would do an I excellent they'd job. They'd make a lot more sense. They, they might do sometimes. They, they, were, they were very excited to, to meet you and to meet the team, and um, they had to meet Justin Daly, and I'm afraid we're going to have to start them in counselling as a result right. of that. <laughs> I see. It was one of those. I'm worried about you. Why? Well, normally you come in with a sheet of paper that's that's got all your bits and pieces, yep. your, your odds and so-and-sos. And I don't need any notes today. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're, what, what's happening? From nine this morning, uh, it's the phone-in with a slight difference. Uh-oh. Uh, today from nine, I'm going to uh, explore the story of Brenda. Now, I know that uh, you've been paying attention to this and many people listening to the programme have, and people have been asking me for some time, what's going on with her case? Mm. Brenda's the 83-year-old lady... And she loaned a couple from Milton Keynes, uh, 380 quid. Yes, 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 yes. And she lent them this money. It was a combination of her winter fuel allowance and her savings. Mm. And they said it was for a repair to their car. They vanished with the money and they've never paid it back. Mm. And when Brenda came to me, she was very upset. She was saying, you know, I feel such a fool. Oh, she was in tears. It was awful. Totally. I mean, she just feels, she feels silly that she's lent them this money. Um... They, it would appear, have taken advantage of her. They've taken advantage of her kind nature. I've named them on the programme. I know that uh, local neighbours up in in Milton Keynes, a lot of people have been furious with them, Mm. uh, where they have taken their children to school. Some of the parents have made it quite clear that they are disgusted at what they've done to Brenda. It has made no difference. Wow. Uh, It would appear that they have still not paid the money back. But there's a new twist to this story. Oh, yes. And from nine this morning, I will explain all. We'll hear the full story of Brenda, what has happened. But I also, I really want your advice. So I want you to listen from nine, hear what's happened, and then call and give me your advice. What do you think she should do next? Um, I guess there are two options in life, aren't there? There's the, do I just let it go, write it off to a very bad experience and recognise the fact that life is short and I'm 83 and it's stressful? Or do you think that Brenda should take things further? I want your advice from nine. 
Well, do you know what? I'm going to, when I go up to the office, I won't switch over to heart this morning. I will... You're very, very kind. I'm going to make a point of listening Thanks to Thanks a lot. Sounds good. You normally like the back-to-back classics, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I love Nine at Nine. It's just wonderful. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. I should be listening to that. Have you got anything planned for this weekend? Anything nice? Yes, lots of socialising this weekend. <laughs> Your eyes lit up then. Yes. Is booze going to be involved? Of course. And yep. I'm having a new dishwasher delivered today. But I'm slightly concerned it's two millimetres too wide for the hole. You should have measured it before. I did. But when I took it out and yep. unplumbed it yep. and measured the back of it, the yep. ba- it's not quite so wide at the back. Oh dear. Well, th- this is actually turns into a saga. I was thinking on Sunday, Catherine and her children, and me and my children, we're going to go and see Andy from CBeebies um, doing a, a show in Dunstable, and I've got a spare ticket if you want to come along. Oh gosh. What a kind offer. You fancy that Sunday afternoon, half past two, Dunstable? You want to you come along with us? Um, I tell you what, I'll have a little think about it. Yep. Um... So I'll speak to you after three. You go yeah. and sort your show. Don't, don't you're busy. put me under pressure. I mean, of course, nope. it's the. Yep. I'd love to spend a Sunday afternoon with uh, with a whole load of children. Okay, I'd love that. We'll see. So that's a yes. We'll see you then. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, God. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do li- do listen to uh, Jonathan uh, uh, this morning at nine o'clock. It sounds like it's going to be an incredible first hour. Such a heartbreaking story. Right back to this uh, show. Earlier this week, this program broke the story of how the Barnfield Federation had lost a million pounds worth of funding because it couldn't prove it had taught some students that it had claimed money for. The government report, which was shown to BBC Three Counties political reporter Paul Scoynes, shows a breakdown in governance and leadership at the Federation, which runs a number of schools and academies in Bedfordshire. There's also been criticism from the local MP and unions about the way the government uh, has allowed this to be managed. Well, Dave Mingay is from the National Union of Teachers in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Dave, the the report shows a very chaotic structure of the organisation. Is this unique in academies? Um... It seems to be a growing problem in academy chains. We've had the Barnfield saga. Um, obviously, uh, uh, hats off to, to Paul Scorn for exposing this. And it seems to be happening in a lot of other places. Well, with Michael Gove seems to have created these structures, these new chains, these new, basically, businesses that are running the schools. And it doesn't teach you any accountability behind them. And there seems to be a lot of question marks for the things that are happening in them. You, you've been calling for schools to return to local control, haven't you? Why? Because with, with, lo- with a local authority, that there's, there's democracy behind it, there's accountability behind it. If, you, if your school is managed, and I don't, use, I don't like the word control because local authorities don't control schools, they oversee schools, there's a very, there's a very different uh, relationship. Um, and the term local authority control has basically been concocted up by, by the government to, um, to push forward the academies programme. But with public money, with, um, with local authority schools, their accounts are then audited by the local authority. They're audited by someone who's separate to the school, someone who doesn't have that very close relationship with the school. And it's not really in their interest to, say, fiddle figures, but it's in their interest to be imp- impartial. Whereas we're having with academy chains, they're, 
they do their own audits, they do their own accounts. Um, they get they might get an accountant to audit their books, and that person only then reports back to the academy chain. So it's very much a closed relationship. Whereas with a local authority, it's more sort of open to public scrutiny. But Michael Gove does say that that problems have been more easily identified within uh, academies and more swiftly dealt with in, in both academies and free schools rather than in council-run schools. But council-run schools, no guarantee it's going to be a good school, is there? There are still rubbish council-run schools. There are good schools, there are local authorities, there are outstanding schools in the local authority, there are outstanding academies, there are academies that are failing off as well. It's, it's no panacea being an academy, it's no panacea being a local authority school, but what we're talking about is structures. And actually, if Michael Gove says that um, these problems are being identified, then why is it we're reliant on whistleblowers all the time? These, these problems seem to be sort of hush-hushed from the top and, and reports seem to be continually sat on and hidden away and tucked away. Yeah, these things don't seem to come out into the open until we get people exposing them. What would you like to see happen at Barnfield, Dave? I believe the Barnfield Academy change should be broken up. I believe the schools should return to their respective local authorities, be it Luton, Central Bedfordshire. Um, and I believe all schools should... Um, return to local authorities. Dave, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Dave Minger, who we speak to from time to time. National Union of Teachers in Luton, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We can look at the sun. We didn't look at the sun, guys. Is this the, the, the sickest practical joke that's been played on someone at work? You won't, you won't remember this, Kelly Betts, because you don't really pay attention to the news unless it's John Craven's news round. Who? There, w- there was a, a gentleman was uh, shot recently. The Wolf of Shenfield. He's a, a, a banker or some such thing. He's uh, Robin Clark, 44, uh, was blasted in the leg with a shotgun at point-blank range at an Essex railway station. No one's quite sure why. People think it may be because of his, 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 his trading, his, his deals, the way he's treated people in the past. We don't know. But uh, he went back to work for the first time after being shot. And his friends played the hilarious practical joke of uh, standing behind him wearing balaclavas. Now, now, <laughs> Catherine's face. Now, I can't work out if that's the crassest, most inappropriate, nastiest thing you can do, or just some classic bants. It depends <laughs> how the guy who's was shot is reacting about the I whole I imagine being event. shot's not uh, very pleasant. And but he might be joking about it himself. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's say that the hooded prankster creeps up on the wolf of Shemfield. Oh, here we go. He takes it a stage further. Oh, so yeah. this is a picture inside. He's wearing the balaclava. He creeps up behind him. And do you know what he does? Bang, bang! He shouts bang, bang from behind his desk. The hitman pounced on Robin Clark, 44, on his first day back at work, a month after he was blasted in the leg at point-blank range with a sawn-off shotgun. Robin laughed off the stunt at City of London broker R.P. Martin before going back to the toilets and weeping to himself like a baby. I made that last bit up, but... But probably... It's that classic macho bant. It it, it kind of is classic. sometimes can disguise... I know bullying. <laughs> it is that thing. I, I can't quite... When, when I first saw this, I laughed. 
And then as I thought about it more and realised that it's the 21st century and I'm a sensitive man, I felt a little bit... But I can't work out, is it classic bands, classic banter, or is it bullying in the workplace? Let's, uh, let's straw poll Kelly Betts. Well, if he finds it funny himself and he's all like, oh, I've been shot, oh, then maybe it's just banter. But, but if he's really upset about it and they've done that, and that's just... So lame. the definition of whether it's bullying or banter is uh, d- determined Depending entirely on... on how the person reacts. Yeah. OK. I actually think that is that is the basis of tribunals, isn't it? Yeah. If someone's offended, and it doesn't need to be the person that it's directed towards either, it could be someone in the office. That's that's not my definition, that's the legal one. It's an interesting... What do you think, Catherine? Is this uh, bullying or bant? I don't think it's funny. But we do stuff to each other that we think is hilarious. If I'd been but shot... If that was written in the paper, yeah. people might think, ooh, that's not funny. If, if you had a car crash, would I pretend I was going to run you over? Probably not. Uh, I would. It, all, right, if, all right, Kelly, if you'd been, and you know, heaven forfend, if you'd been attacked, right, uh, and you'd had a bit of time off work, then, then one day you came back in and I, I snuck up behind you and, and grabbed your shoulders and shook you. <laughs> bullying or bants? That's bullying, isn't it? Yeah, but from you... It's just who, that's just what the sort of thing you would do. So I'd accept that and be like, oh, classic Ian. Is that a classic me? <laughs> wow. So you. And I need to uh, work on the repertoire again. 08459 455555. We've got 30 minutes. It's not a, a, a big thing. It's the front page of the sun, which again, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at. We can put it out there. A uh, gentleman who's been shot, took a month off work. He comes back and his mates wear balaclavas and go up to him and say, bang, bang. Is that classic banter or is it workplace bullying? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed because of a fire that's blowing smoke across the M25. The anti-clockwise carriageway of the M25 very slow from before junction 26 of Waltham Abbey up to 24 for Potter's Bar. The clockwise carriageway also really looking slow between 22 for London Coney and 24 for Potter's Bar. On the speed sensors, Chesant, the A10 southbound looking slow around Waltham Cross and the public transport, we've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, Alice, if you could see what I could see when you're doing the travel. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. Parents are being told the police will be brought in if children are caught using or selling e-cigarettes in one school in Buckinghamshire. A report in the Bucks Free Press says a letter sent by Beaconsfield School insists it's not a big problem, but some pupils have been bringing in e-cigarettes and shisha pens. The president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, has announced that a deal has been reached at talks to settle the crisis in the country. Negotiations have been going on through the night involving European foreign ministers and government and opposition leaders in Ukraine. Concrete is being poured into the sinkhole in Hemel Hempstead today. It's hoped it will stabilise the ground where the 35 feet wide and 20 feet deep hole opened up on Saturday. The weather, dry and breezy this morning, some showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport and in football, MK Dons will be without the injured Samir Carruthers for tomorrow's League One match at Bradford. With other injuries, the Dons will rely on three players in the squad who are under 18. Manager Carl Robinson has been trying to bring in players on loan, but hasn't had any success. I've been very frustrated over the past two months with the transfer window um, and the loan market. I made a call to one or two Premier League managers yesterday and I just sort of put the word out there, what I'm looking for and the type of player we're looking for. And We've seen one or two. It's whether one might be going to a championship club that we wanted today and I can't compete financially with that. 
Um, it's just where I'm at, unfortunately. The Wickham Wanderers manager, Gareth Ainsworth, says he's met former chairboy boss John Gorman this week for a chat. Wickham lie just two points above the League Two relegation zone. Luton will go into tomorrow's conference game at Nuneaton with no fresh injury problems. The Hatters are looking to extend their unbeaten run to 23 in the league. Assistant manager Terry Harris says promotion still isn't being discussed at the club but understands why the fans are getting excited. They are, and, and you know, quite rightly so. You know, when you, when you go on a sort of 22 game run um, and we're in a position that we are and you, you look at the league table, but, um, you know, we, we've been in the game, John, myself and Hakan have been in the game long enough now to know that it's it's not always rosy in the garden and, and you have to sort of point these things out to players and I uh, said so just one game at a time. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Get, um, get some headphones on uh, that monkey over there. I want to speak to that monkey. I want to speak to that monkey. Because Justin's kind of... We, we've had the feminine approach to this, but Justin, front page of The Sun. We were talking mm. about this earlier on. Hi. Catherine, are you finding that... Uh, he's leaning over Catherine Ball to get to the microphone. I'm just mm. showing where my hands are, so there's no um, tribunal afterwards. Me. Right, oh, me again. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Now, the front page of The Sun, it's mm. this uh, Wolf of Shenfield. He's the, the, the banker or trader. He was shot, mm. shot in the leg with a shotgun. Yep. Uh, just gone back to work after a month off. And his mates are playing a trick on him. They're wearing balaclavas. They sneak up behind him and go, bang, bang. Yeah. Now, is that classic Bantz? Absolutely. 100%. It's not workplace bullying. No, I see why. Because A, he survived, and B, at the end of the day... Oh, what's that? Um, he, he's, he's a banker, yeah. so he wants people to deal with him, OK? Now, he is on the front page yeah. of Britain's best-selling newspaper. He's become pretty much famous overnight. So yeah. that, for me, would suggest to him that, that he wants that sort of publicity. All publicity is good publicity. That is classic bands. It could have backfired, though. Do you remember what happened when I jumped out of that cupboard at you? Yeah, yeah. Did he punched me in the face. But uh, you didn't shoot me. You did. <laughs> that's absolutely. <laughs> this fella's going to end up on Big Brother or something, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely fantastic publicity. You know, he survived. His friends are there. I think he would take that um, as good banter. And um, to be on the front page of the Sun as a banker, that's good news for him. Excellent stuff, Justin. Thank. You. I thought we'd get a slightly different opinion from uh, Jay Dizzle. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. What do you reckon, Glenn? I think it's banter. Is it just a bit of classic bants. Yeah. You, you, you don't the think- sort of thing. It's the sort of thing that me and my mates used to do back in the 80s because we had no mobile phones and tablets. So we used to make our own fun of. And um, on this particular evening after a session of beer, me and my one mate, we hid behind the wall of the pub and then when our other mate was going to come past, we were going to jump him. You know, dead leg him, dead arm him. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, well, we did. Then ran back in the pub, but my mate was still in there. So we'd actually rough somebody else up and oh. he'd walk back in the pub. Oh, no. Yeah, ripped his shirt and everything. But that's what we used to do, you know, it was a, but it was that, a bit of fun. But, but you, basically, you mugged someone for a laugh. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't serious mugging. It was perhaps, you know, he'd have a ripped shirt, or a dead leg and a dead arm. That's what we used to do. Glenn, I'm going to let you go because the line's not great, but thank you. A comedy mug. If I got a ripped shirt and got a dead leg from strangers, I'd be terrified. Uh, Carpet Martin, who normally tweets nonsense, has actually done a good tweet. Balaclavas, shouting bang, bang. Mantosaurus Rex. That's a good one. It would be different if the attack was sexual. And it would be, wouldn't it? If it had been if if, if this gentleman or a woman had been sexually attacked and it wasn't a shooting, 
it would be different to then go and have a little bit of, of banter yeah, around of it, wouldn't it, would. it? But I also think that it all depends on the relationship between the banteree and the bantista. Hmm. We're making up words today. We're literally creating our own Why language. Not? And it's, it, as long as someone else picks up and runs with it, it, it's then an official word. Yeah. So the bantista needs to know that the bantee is going to take it in good parts. Kelly? What? There we go, you see. I'm always paying attention. 08459 555 is the... Uh, Telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. Now, the Hemel sinkhole is set to be filled in with concrete today. The 25-foot-deep crater appeared at Oak Ridge Gardens early last Saturday morning, forcing 17 families out of their homes while safety assessments took place. Some residents we've heard this morning are still without gas, and experts will be probing the estate for more potential holes later. But it kind of got me thinking when I was speaking to Justin earlier on. It's a nightmare, it's a disaster, they're going to sort it out. But is it going to affect house prices? Is it going to make it more difficult to sell these properties? Well, I reckon our favourite housing expert, Henry Pryor, might be able to answer this. Morning, Henry. Good morning to you. Morning, all. It, it's got to have an effect on house prices, isn't it? Oh, Oak Ridge Gardens, isn't that the place where they had a massive sinkhole? I suspect that it is going to have uh, more than a passing impact on uh, house values around that particular street and in that area. But I think it's important to retain a little perspective. Here in the southeast, and particularly in our three counties country, uh, we are particularly susceptible to sinkholes because they tend to appear uh, for ge- geological reasons uh, where there is limestone and chalk. And of course, the Chilterns, uh, which forms a spine through our region, uh, is predominantly chalk, and it is uh, the result of extra water that we've had through this incredibly damp winter and the impact of that water on the limestone that creates these sinkholes and if you are looking for a house either to buy particularly but also if you're looking to rent one uh, clearly you want to be particularly careful about what may or may not be under your house Mm. would a survey show up um say three four five years time in in this area would a survey show up that there'd been a a massive 25 foot deep hole almost certainly not if we look back at uh the history of these things both natural and uh mining uh subsidence uh all you can do is to check now a very efficient uh part of our friends at the environment agency's website uh, where you will be able to establish whether your area is particularly prone to these things, mm. whether there has been mining activity, and whether there's been a history of sinkholes. But no, a traditional structural survey, which uh, few people sadly uh, undertake when they buy a house, and certainly the building society or mortgage valuation stroke survey that most people have when they buy a house, is never going to uh, uncover oh. this. So it's very, very important that people do their own due diligence and check these things out oh, because, as we've seen, it can have a dramatic impact. It does amaze me, Henry, that when you're, you're, you're spending the biggest amount of money you're probably ever going to spend in your life, you, you hold off spending a couple of hundred quid on getting a decent survey done. Well, as inevitably, um, technology these days does help us uh, considerably when we're looking to buy a house or indeed to rent one. And there's a very good part of the BBC's Your Money on Your Home website section, which will give you all these little apps I have to declare an interest. I wrote it, but it's on the BBC oh, website. I it's see, on the BBC, suddenly. It's on the BBC website, so yeah. I think we can be... I, th- I hope I can be excused a little plug for the Beeb. Yes, of course. Um, there it is. You'll find little apps that will help you to, to, to look at the background, look at the area, both natural Im- impact in things like flooding, things like sinkholes and mining, but also crime statistics 
uh, how often frequently your bin is emptied, all these sorts of things, because as you rightly say, we spend a phenomenal amount of our money that we've usually saved up on our house. We then go and borrow a whole load more from mm. people, and at the end of the day, that needs to be done as diligently and sensibly as possible. We had a sinkhole, Walter's Ash, near High Wycombe, a couple of weeks ago. You may have heard about it, Henry. It was in the driveway of a house. Yeah. Uh, the car fell 30 feet, and they had to cover it with concrete. They are never going to sell that house, are they? And that, that, I don't think that was built above a mine or anything like that. No, that was a genuine sinkhole. Yeah. It happened the same day that a poor gentleman in America, in Florida, where it would appear that almost 50% of Florida is a sinkhole, or at least prone to sinkholes, he woke up in the middle of the night, and in his bedroom, the floor had disappeared. So our friends in High Wycombe, tragic and ghastly though their experience was, was nothing compared to what was going on in America. He woke up, he had a 50-foot hole below him. His mate yelled out, his mate came to help him. Uh, his mate sadly tipped into the oh hole. Oh, my goodness. And uh, the, resu- the result, I'm afraid, was very tragic. But yes, these things have a huge impact on houses, on house values. Uh, it's important that they are repaired. Obviously, the one in Hemel uh, and the one in High Wycombe will be repaired, but clearly it's going to be some time before memories uh, deal with, uh, with, with the impact of that and the, and the ongoing impact on the value of those homes. Henry, I appreciate you coming on at short notice this morning. Always good to talk to you. It's uh, housing expert Henry Pryor. They're never going to sell that house in Walters Ashard. They are never going to sell it, are they? I'm sure it will be much more secure than it was in the past and future. Oh, I know, of course. I'm sure it's completely safe now. I'm sure it's safer than it's ever been. But but seriously, Catherine, if you're looking for a house, however delightful it might be, would you buy a house that that had a car buried under the driveway because a 30-foot hole had appeared there overnight? You wouldn't do it, would you? Even if you had the report saying, oh, it's completely safe now, you'd still be thinking, what if the kids are in the back garden one day and... I think that's the noise I make. Not mm. kids, sinkholes. Right. I feel sorry for that family because it, it, it would be, be interesting to follow the, the process and indeed the progress. I'm sure that once all the rep- repairs are done, they're going to need to have certificates, etc., to say that it's absolutely... Certificates. Absolutely safe. Plus, the stories we've done in the last month or so show that you are never safe in your own home. No. What about that poor woman who had a car come through the flipping kitchen window? Yep, yep. What, what Can't legislate for that. I, I wish you could hear the face she just pulled then. She literally stuck out at the top of her teeth, sucked in some air, and then twisted her head like that. That was kind of the move, wasn't it? That's my what I'd be looking like if I was the builder I had to repair that. I've got to stop you. Richard in Winslow's called in. No doubt he wants to have a go at me about something I haven't actually done. Go ahead, Richard. Thank I'm you very much. Here, Richard. No, I've had a call from head office. Uh, pronunciation department. Really? Do you not mean the pronunciation department? I knew you'd fall for that. The girl said you'd fall for that. Well, it's not falling for it. It's we correcting you. But before I go on to that, there is a possibility that you, my dear boy, yes. are related to Spanish royalty. Oh, hey, go on, I'll fella. Just, I'll, just, I'll just touch on my estate agency expertise first. Property with a sinkhole for sale, nice detached property, potential for swimming pool, no planning permission. Now listen, this business about... Stop, stop it, pay attention. Yes. This business about your pronunciation... Yes. Apparently you can't roll your R's, and it may be an affliction that you've got from the um, Spanish nobility dating back to the Andalusian list. Now they've asked me at the BBC Pronunciation Unit to... Um, get you to repeat after me, um, fresh fury in February. Right. Watch my lips. Fresh yes. fury in February. Right, OK. First of all, I'm not attempting to roll my R's. That's something completely different. That's from the John well, Gaunt school. That. Just pronounce it. OK. What do you want me to pronounce? Fresh fury in February. There was a fresh fury in February that was You're quite macabre. 
Sorry? You're doing a Jonathan Ross, which is an imitation of no. the Andalusian no. list. Have you heard of the Andalusian list? I've, I've heard of cutting off Richard and Winslow, which I'm about to you're do. You're always doing that. You're always doing that. Yeah, you're right, actually, I am. 08459 is the telephone number. What's cheek? What an absolute cheek. Really? I can give you a precise example of the Andalusian accent if you'd like. I mean, only because I have one minute to fill before Alice comes and they does the travel. They don't pronounce their S's. No. Right. Mm-hmm. So they say, fui una fiesta con los amigos. Oh. What did you just say? I went to a party with my friends. Is that what you said? Tell us what happened at the party. Bebimos una cervecita. Y bueno. Nada. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I'm really enjoying your accent. Yeah. What's the accent? It's from Andalusia in Spain. I didn't hear it. Can you do it again? Well, the best example is to say, fue una fiesta con los amigos. O quieres este, este o este. That's okay. This one, this one or this one? I'll have them all. (laughs) Oh, man alive, Catherine Boyle. Hot potatoes. You're going to get those um, really pervy, lecherous, dirty old truck drivers that fancy you. There's probably been an accident on the M1 as a direct result of you. It's amazing there wasn't an accident on that fader. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Last 15 minutes of the show, classic bants. I've got some emails, uh, a, a couple of emails and texts about uh, classic bants at work. Uh, James Becker has sent me... I'll read this out in a second, OK, after the weather. But James has sent me an email that's entitled Banter and Handguns. Wow, stay tuned. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Potter's Bar, Baker Street is closed because there's a large fire just close to the M25. It's blowing smoke across the carriageway, so things very slow on the M25 around Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. The anti-clockwise carriageway, uh, really slow from before Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey. And clockwise, uh, really struggling between 22 for London Colney up to Potter's Bar. On the speed sensors, Newport, Pagnell, Monksway looking slow, going towards Milton Keynes past the M1. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.46. It's Friday the 21st of February. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A school in Buckinghamshire has written to parents warning against pupils using or selling e-cigarettes. The sinkhole in Hemel Hempstead is being filled up with concrete today. In football, Luton will go into tomorrow's conference game at Nuneaton with no fresh injury problems. 08459 455 555. We discuss classic bants after the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a chilly start to the day, but a pretty nice day across the three counties. Lots of sunshine around. It'll stay sunny for much of the day. Uh, Some good spells of sunshine. Just watch out for some showers, particularly into this afternoon into western areas of Buckinghamshire. I think eastern areas of Hertfordshire, the most likely to stay dry through the day. Um, But even if we do get some showers here, then there will be some spells of sunshine in between. It'll turn quite breezy into the afternoon, the brisk southwesterly picking up up top temperatures of around 8 degrees 46 in Fahrenheit overnight tonight more of the same a few showers dotted around but otherwise dry temperatures down to 2 or 3 degrees staying quite breezy into tomorrow turning quite blustery in fact into the afternoon but Saturday looking mostly dry some good spells of sunshine by Sunday it's really very windy and it will be quite cloudy but find a shelter spot and it'll feel very mild indeed that's the forecast thank you very much World War One at home. 
on the BBC. The number of men who died probably reckoned to be about 135. Revealing untold stories. If we can show at Wadston, if we can be seen to be trying to do something for the war effort, then everybody else should be able to do that. Discovering local memories. I tracked a dead man down a trench. I knew not he was dead. World War One at home. Walking between lessons, today's students at Haleybury College pass by a memorial to the former pupils who fought and died in the First World War. Revealing local stories. And he discovers that it's just gone at 11 o'clock on the 11th of November and in fact the First World War is over. World War One at home. All next week from 8.15 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, so got an email uh, here. Where is it? Where have you gone, computer? This is uh, from James, entitled uh, Banter and Handguns, on the uh, the back of this story that's on the front page of The Sun. The uh, city trader got shot in the leg, Robin Clark, the wolf of Shenfield. He's back to work after a month off, and his mates thought it'd be hilarious to wear balaclavas and sneak up behind him and go, bang, bang, bang! I, 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 at first thought, I, I thought it was hilarious, classic bants, and then I'm thinking, well, actually, is it? Is it? It's a little bit... Too soon, too soon. Anyway, James emails, Ian, many years ago, my brother and I had some banter with my cousin as he was just finishing work at a ladies' clothing store. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious me. This is, this is awful. I've just read this. Sorry, this is awful, what's being done here, right? I think this is in South Africa. OK, I think this is happening in South Africa. Oh, hang on a minute. It's taking a dark turn. Uh, well, yes. In terms of the crime rate in South Africa. Many years ago, my brother and I had some banter with my cousin as he was just finishing work at a ladies' clothing store. Now, this isn't banter. We sped up outside the rear of the staff entrance, jumped out of the car with handguns drawn. This was the days in South Africa when everybody had a handgun. Shoved my cousin up against the wall, frisked him, shoved him into the car and sped off. We thought it was hilarious. We were laughing for weeks, especially when he went to work a few weeks later. It was a part-time job, and his employer decided that they no longer required his services. Happy days. We were 18. I'm now 42. That's from Jim. Did, they, did the cousin know that it was his cousins? I would, well, I would guess not. Otherwise, that's not bad. No, eventually. Does he know well, now? I would, I would imagine eventually they'd have taken the balaclavas and gone, ah-ha-ha, mate, you see, I got you, you there. You don't know that. They might have rolled him out into the, de- I don't know, into the savannah somewhere. I totally got you there, mate. I don't get where the joke is. I don't get the joke either. It's, it's totally not liquor. What, who are you doing? I'm doing a South African. And that's actually a very good accent. Catherine Boyle is uh, head of accents here. That's not a bad accent, is it? It's not bad at all. Can you say slide? How do they say slide? Uh, How do they say slide? Slad. I want to slad. I want to go on the slad. Go on the slad. I want to go. When is it mutton to have a go on the slad? I'm offended. That's not lekker. What? That they say lekker when it's not fun. When it's when it's funny. If it's lekker, it's funny. And it's not lekker that I can't go on the slad. That's I could do an accent. You can't. I, you do a South African accent. They're really hard to do. Is it one of the hardest to do? I, I, for me, I, I find it very wow. difficult to do it. I can do one of the hardest accents there is. Just you have a go. Can you do a South African? Um, no, no. Yeah, probably best not no. to ask. I, I cannot do an SA accent. Just can't do it. Why? Have you, why did you abbreviate South African? Well, short for time, aren't we? Well, I hang mean, on. He abbreviates everything. Exactly. Come on. I can't do that. Okay. I, I'll let you crack on, but um, looks like I'll be doing the show on Monday. Okay. Let me. <laughs> you can't get the sack for doing a <laughs> South African accent. That's. Mm-hmm. 
Can you? Yeah. Where's, where's, the, hang on, where's the book? Where's the book? Hang ABC on. producer guidelines. I've got the book here. Hang on. I a threw mine away years ago, but I do remember some sort of reference about accents in there. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where is it? You think it'll be I think alphabetical? I folded the page over. Oh, here it is. Here it is. There it is. Accents. Uh, bad yeah. accents uh, for white presenters. <laughs> um, Indian. Yeah. Jamaican. Oh. Polish. Ooh. Ooh. Japanese. You did all them during that accent, though, didn't you? That's how bad it was. Um, any uh, from the Caribbean, <laughs> Romanians, South Africans not on the list, my friends. Oh, there so you I go. Can, I can do my South African accent for as long as I'd like to do. It's very impressive, actually. It's not fair. I want to have a go on the slad. <laughs> it is quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, on the subject of uh, pranks... And workplace bants, Phil the Fruit says, I got one of my colleagues by rubbing Scotch bonnet chilies on the toilet paper. He couldn't walk for an hour. Wow. I hate, I really hate things like that. I love things like that. Uh, we know what we know the kind of bants you get up to, and the revenge that you take for pranks. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it involves uh, don't a poodle. No, it doesn't. And some boots. It doesn't. Mm, I don't want does. to hear about it. Now, listen. The reason we got you on something very, very serious. The yes. Hemel sinkhole is set to be filled with concrete today. Twenty-five foot deep crater appeared at Oak Ridge Gardens early last Saturday morning, forcing seventeen families out of their homes while safety assessments took place. And also, Justin, you've spoken to people. Some people did stay there. Uh, But had no um, gas or electricity. Absolutely. Um, These people are freezing cold. It has to be said, um, the estate is like a ghost town because who wants to live in a property with no gas? But uh, some people are doing that. The majority of people who got evacuated last weekend, they're staying in hotels. The work has started this morning to fill this hole. In the last 30 minutes or so, I have been talking to David Bogle. He's from the Hightown Housing Association. Now, they are the landlord for this estate in Hemel Hempstead. So I asked with the hole being filled in today, uh, when are people likely to be returning to their homes? Well, there are, there are some properties, limited number of properties, immediately around the sinkhole, where once the hole is filled up, we're going to have to do further tests and see how stable they are. But that's only four, maybe six properties. Uh, there's 48 properties on the estate, so we're very much hoping that, that the residents of the other 32 will be able to come back into the estate as soon as the tests have been done and as soon as we can restore the gas. So for the majority of people, we're looking hopefully early next week. Those six properties, though, again, could that be up to half a year? Uh, well, uh, I hope not. We hope it can be much quicker than that. But until we can get in and do and get close to them and do detailed testings, we, we won't know. Some people are still living here, uh, yes. the odd person. Yes. Uh, they have no gas, they're freezing cold. When is that gas likely to return? Hopefully, once we've got the uh, concrete in the hole and we've done the tests, then the gas main can be, can be relayed and they can have gas as well and they can have central heating back again. Now, it's my understanding, talking to locals here, that... They've been complaining about this for weeks, and surveyors were even here as early as last week looking at these properties. What can you tell us about that? Yes, well, a, uh, a small hole uh, started up under the porch of number eight, which you're right by here, uh, which has been investigated by the builders and by our staff. Uh, we had no idea that that was that's nearby was going to be this sinkhole which opened up on Saturday. Mm. So we were doing investigatory uh, investigatory surveys to see what was causing this uh, this porch hole. As the landlord, are you not embarrassed that you had people working on this site only last week 
and then over the weekend you've got the national media here talking about this huge sinkhole. You're not embarrassed by that? You know, sinkholes are appearing all over the place. Are people embarrassed? Other people who've got sinkholes on their properties? Yeah, but your residents reported these problems to you. They reported that there was a hole under one, uh, pro uh, one porch which we investigated immediately. And in terms of communication with the residents here since last yeah. weekend, do you feel like you've done enough for them? Well, we've been at, we had staff here and on our, our opened our office last Saturday as soon as the uh, the uh, hole appeared. We've been liaising with residents. We've spent all Saturday placing people in hotels. Uh, we were open again on Sunday. We spent the whole week liaising with residents in the different hotels and with the residents who've, who've gone to stay with friends and families and with the residents who are staying on the estate. We've spent uh, a lot of time and effort trying to keep them in the loop and trying to reassure them and to keep them informed about the progress because what we're trying to do is to get the state back to normal as soon as possible. All right, Paxman, calm down. I'm just saying, you Goodness know... Goodness gracious the, me. The local residents, you know, when I was there last weekend, were, were very, very angry because yep. they no, said you did me, very well. they had been reporting these problems for quite some time. Uh, surveyors on the property only last week. And then, of course, the huge sinkhole on Saturday. Looking again at the damage this morning, you could get a bit nearer to it today. Yep. Um, it's still fenced off, but um, it's an absolute miracle. People that have seen those images on, on national news or, of course, on our Facebook page, I think they would all agree that it was a miracle nobody was killed there. Justin, we've got 20 seconds because mm. I've got a South African on the line. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he wants to praise me, but that's why I'm, I'm putting him off slightly. Mm. Uh, what's on your show tomorrow at 9 o'clock? Uh, three hours of great songs and great memories. We are playing the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1973 and Brian Paul from Brian Paul and the Travellers, yes. he picks his favourite musical memories. Justin, always worth a listen. Thank you very much. Uh, Jim is uh, from South Africa. Good morning, Jim. Morning, good morning, and congratulations on your program, bravo. Thank you very much. Am, what do you think I'm, about the accent? I'm such a good uh, accent, South African accent. Better than yours. I think I am South African. Oh, are you not South African, Jim? No, I'm not South African. I'm not from South Africa at all. I'm from Cyprus. I'm a Greek Cypriot. Ah, oh, Tikanis! Yeah. Tikanis! <laughs> bravo. But uh, often, uh, I don't know how I get into the accent, but some people, when I say to people, where do you think I come from? They say, ah, South Africa. Does it just, so could you just find yourself slipping into South African then? Often, yes. I have had South African friends in the past. Oh, dear. From South Africa. I live yes. near them, next door to them when I was in Cyprus. Yes. So uh, I speak like that. <laughs> uh, well, Jim, listen, thank you. Can, can we, just for future, when we call, when you call in, can we say you are South African? Because I don't think we've got any other South African listeners and you'd really be ticking a big box for us. Yes, of course you can. It's yes. the BBC. We've got to kind of hit all ethnic backgrounds and a South African would be fantastic. I, I listen to you, Ian. Uh, you're married to a Greek girl. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, yes, I am married to she, She's proper Greek, not Greek Cypriot, though. I don't want to cause any divisions, Jim. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Jim is a, uh, a Greek Cypriot South African. Kelly Betts, what's, you want to say something? BBC, we, haven't got, we haven't got long. BBC introducing Let me, tomorrow, 8pm, Kelly calm Betts. Down, calm down. We haven't got long. You want, if you want to sell your show, do it probably. Away. Just do it in a nice, calm, measured voice. Tomorrow. After the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow from before Junction 26 to Waltham Abbey to 24 for Potter's Bar. Also clockwise, really struggling between 22 for London Colney and 24 for Potter's Bar. That's because there's a fire on Baker Street. The road's closed there uh, and it's still just waiting for those smoke to ease. Uh, speed sensors Coney Heath, the North Orbital, very slow joining the A1M. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. That means, Kelly, you've got just enough time BBC to tell us... BBC introducing 8pm Kelly Bits tomorrow. But Thanks, that, see you there. That's, Bye. that's not going to get people... George S. Rather Jebs. Oh, that's Sixth not... Sixth floor records, jaw. That isn't going to get people to, wanting to listen. They're already switching it on. They're early, though. Yeah, so tomorrow night... 8pm. OK, you can hear Kelly Bits. I mean, why on earth you'd want to? I've got literally no idea what's going Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, everyone. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, what do you think Brenda should do next? It's a case that many of you...